we go. Welcome to the Spinner's Lit Pub Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Klingon. Tonight's episode, episode 23, Golden State Pinball Festival Review and other crazy stuff. I uh, want to start out uh, the show tonight with a shout out to uh, the uh, show's theme song uh, creator and composer, Mark Scott, who's sure good to see at the Golden State Pinball Festival last weekend and uh, had a lot of fun. Now, you did great in the tournament, by the way. Anyway, let's move forward tonight with the introductions. Uh, just to my left is, well, you can hear him panting, Bud the Dog, uh, who was in the trash earlier tonight. Uh, no, really, he was. Bud, get and out of the trash. Uh, to, his, to his right is Brian Cass. Howdy, folks. And uh, Kendra. Hello. My lovely wife, Marianne Rusty. Hey. And Big Dan. Yo. Okay, guys, uh, we know what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, Golden State Pinball Festival. It was a week ago today. Good, 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 good show. Oh, amazing show. And I'm still suffering from pin lag. So, Dan, why don't you start us off? Give us some highlights. Well, the weather did not play along for two-thirds of the show, which was a bit of a bummer. But uh, inside, where it was nice and dry, we had 335 machines, which I think was up from last year. Uh, big thanks to Marco and all the people who bought their machines at the show. We had like what eight Black Knight sort of rages to cry out, monsters, Iron Maiden, a lot Deadpool, of stuff. Deadpool, Beatle, Beatles. Uh, yep, somebody brought a Beatles, and uh, and also uh, Chris Tint, the pinball pirate, brought a bunch of pirate. new stirs. He brought all like all premium. Well, he brought the Beatles. He yeah. brought a Deadpool premium. Um, like all his games were premiums. He brought uh, all the JJPs except for uh, Willy Wonka, which was something SoCal brought up. I forget. Who. Uh, Ace Gogi brought the chain. Ace Gogi, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, to Ace Gogi. Yeah, no, that was that was a huge get. It was really really good to see that. And uh, was it Don who brought the American uh, the American yes. ball? Yeah, he, yeah. Brought, he brought Houdini, Houdini and October So we had all of the big new releases. Uh, up here in Lodi. Yeah, we had two two Owls Coopers. There is yep. one thing missing. No JJP Pirates. Yeah, there's yep. no Pirates nobody, this year. Nobody bought a Pirates this year. Oh, well. But, you know. I blame Chris Bannister personally. Yeah. It's his fault. But it was really, really good. Yeah, it was an awesome show. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was it was, it was was pretty amazing to finally get some flip time on that game. And uh, I can't wait till we talk about it a little bit later in the show. Anyways, uh, yeah, I volunteered for, for several shifts, uh, working behind the counter, watching people check their games in, check their games out. And, uh, you know, you got to give uh, the lion's share of the credit to the uh, to the collectors who, who you know, brought Rock those games. games up and brought them and, and put them on the show floor. You got to give a lot of credit to the techs who ran around and kept them running. Trust me, we were always busy. And uh, it was a it was absolutely fantastic experience this year. So great show, Rusty. I loved it. Um, had a really good time. Um, our Black Rose kept acting up. She always has to be that yeah, way. It was minor. It was. I she is. She is truly. Um, 
<laughs> but no, um, really, really enjoyed uh, seeing all the new, 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 new games. Oktoberfest. Um, Willy Wonka. Now, Willy Wonka and I need some serious one-on-one -on -one alone time, but I'm thinking everybody's saying that. Um, just to, you know, be able to hear it. Of course, you can't hear anything at uh, the Golden State Pinball Festival because it is loud. Yes, it is. It is a roar. That second room, as soon as you cross the threshold from the first room to the second room, all you hear is this roar. You don't hear anything except the roaring of the games, uh, which was really nice that uh, one of Marco's um, Black Knights had, uh, had headphones. Mm-hmm. So you can plug right in, and uh, I do believe Spencer got called a maggot once or twice. I did. It was cool. <laughs> so um, he didn't call me any names, which is very nice. He was he was he was very considerate of me, uh, even though I was. It, although he did encourage me to like learn how to play pinball. Uh, to see all you know, all all our old favorites were were there again. Um, there was. Uh, South Park. We had it. We had a good South Park. Oh my goodness, Kendra's freaking out. I, I was just doing your little aliens on the. Oh my bars. aliens! Yes. Uh, uh, Don Hen Henley. Highly. had brought brought one of the new um, remake uh, attack from, attack Mars, from Mars. Also the mo new Monster Bash. Uh, and remake the new Valley. Monster Bash yeah. remake. Yeah, so we had everybody. Everybody was represented. It things were represented, and uh, you know, like Dan, I put in some volunteer time. I I like to do security work, so I volunteered um, Thursday night so that nobody would, everybody would set up games and nobody would play games. And then, of course, as soon as my shift was over, everybody started playing games because I was the only security officer on. And then Friday, uh, uh, just uh, as everything was opening to, you know, make sure that everybody came in safely and got out safely. Um, but everybody follows the rules real good. So it's a really nice crowd. It's always like old home week. We, we just see people that we only see once a year. And it, it's such a it's such a treasure because that's that is the Golden State Pinball Festival is the people. Absolutely. Kendra. Great show. I mean, it, it's the one I, it's what we look forward to every year. It's what we spend all year getting ready for. And then it's over and where did it go? Yeah, it goes quick. And like Rusty and Dan, I did sign up for uh, three volunteer shifts. And then I did about 12 voluntold shifts. Because <laughs> yeah. every time Brad saw me this weekend, oh, good, you're here. Come with me. Yeah. I've got a job for you. You guys, you know, you, Rusty, and uh, <clears throat> Roxy, man, I mean, you three ladies really killed it on the volunteering this year. You went above and beyond the call of duty. So, bravo. Hats off to you guys. And then, you know, I think I can count on my hands with fingers left over how many games I played this weekend. But... It was still, it was a blast. And hats off to Michael Hozier for bringing in the women's tournament. Yeah, which uh, my lovely wife, Marianne Rusty, took fourth place in the women's tournament. Woo! Yay! Yay! Thank you for listening to the Black Knight, learning how to play pinball in time. That's awesome. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, that, that feedback really helped. You should thank Steve Ritchie. Uh, I really should. I really should. Well, it turned out, you know, I, I, I was the worst of the best. Well, I don't know if we're going to be talking more about the tournament, but it should be said that this was a heck of a tournament. Uh, yeah, it was. Yes. New format, you know, so the pin golf uh, format. Uh, they did uh, 
what is the format actually called? Pump and dump. Pump, okay, that's what I thought. The pump and dump format. You you pay ten bucks, you get uh, ten plays. I think you get ten plays, and you can buy up to thirty. Now, if you volunteered or brought games or volunteered to be a scorekeeper, which I did all three, you got extra games that way. Yeah, I think we got like twenty-four. Yeah, and it cost ten bucks. Yeah, and uh, but it was I never played in this. I mean, I played in some competitive pinball situations now, but I never played in this kind of tournament. Me neither, and. It doesn't sound fun but when it it's is. being described. It sounds convoluted. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, so you can pay, and if your score is blah, 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 you know, if your score is higher, then you take the score. When you're actually playing in it, and with the level of technology that these guys brought to it, it made a lot of sense when you were playing in it, and it actually ended up being really fun because I didn't get to the actual tournament because I wasn't that good, but the qualifying is what, what I think me and Spencer actually yeah. played in. And... Uh, you know, you basically are just kind of competing against yourself. You're watching your score. You're making sure that, you know, you're attacking the games that you see the most opportunity in, and you're trying to hit a points threshold to be one of the qualifiers. And it was really actually super, super fun. And by the end of the day, because I started off scorekeeping, and that kind of, you know, gave me the crash course. I'll know how this is going to work. And by the end of the day, when I was done playing my plays, I was like, I was looking at the standings. I was like, am I going to make it? And I didn't. I wasn't even close. But it was really, really fun to actually be involved, and I would definitely consider being involved in something like this again, where before I was always just like, it sounds complicated, it sounds expensive, it sounds stressful, and I don't think it'll be fun. It's actually, it can be expensive, but it's not as complicated as you think it's going to be, and it is a lot of fun. Right. Just like the IJ you just bought. Oh, we'll just like the Indiana Jones yeah. just bought. Brian, any thoughts? I had a great time. Um, it was I didn't volunteer simply because you guys know my. Uh, I have one day every weekend of this where I absolutely can't be at the show. You know, you can only volunteer for maybe one or two shifts on a day where you do. Well, that and the, anyways, it was great. <laughs> There's a lot of other things behind it, but it was great. I got to play all the games I wanted to play. Um, I loved Oktoberfest. I think that was the clear. I I liked it more than I liked Wonka, and I liked Wonka a lot. Uh, got to play some old favorites. Got to play. I played Brad Strange Science because I've got a, I've got a weird, almost unhealthy fascination with that game. I love that game. We call, I, that, I play, we I call play that a kink. Yeah, it's weird. It's quirky. It's weird and it's quirky and it's one of those valleys like Blackwater that I just I like. Uh, and it was great to see everybody. You know, I see people I only get to see once a year. Right. Maybe twice if I'm lucky. Got to see the massive Antar, the 10-month-old uh, Bigfoot that Rob Anthony's hauling around with in the shows. <laughs> what a beautiful dog. And it was it was great. The rain didn't damper anything, in my opinion. Not no, at all. Not at all. That's, I, I think, one of the key, you know, the, the points to key on is, you know, the, the rain and the wind and it tearing up uh, Camp Silverball pretty good early Sunday morning. Didn't dampen anybody's spirits. Everybody was like, all right, well, rain, all the tents and, and uh, pop-ups are trashed. Hey, let's go play pinball. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. But what I will say is I got to give a lot of credit to some of these guys who camp through it. Like, I mean, there were a lot of people in RVs. And, I mean, you know, naturally, you know, hopefully you have a good RV. But there were quite a few people who stuck that night through in tents. 
Yeah. And uh, it was not just rain. It yeah, was, was, George was one of them, George Gonzalez. He was yeah. intense, intense. Yeah. It was it was it was complicated. There were there were pop ups flying around and Yeah, were, one one landed on Dirty Donnie's trailer. On yeah, the there were pop ups flying around and there were tents being blown around and it was it was nuts. And but they weren't in Kansas anymore. The the exactly. thing about it, it is like of the Yeah, the Wizard of Oz. You can't you can't hope for yeah. it to always be sunshiny. Right. You know? And uh, you know a lot, a lot of respect to the people who uh, they, they commanded it out, and a lot of respect to the people who were smart enough to get the hell out of the rain. That would be me. <laughs> yeah, so. Me, I dragged my two littles and my oldest kid, and we were out of there. Yeah, they went home. I stayed in, in uh, the Bannisters trailer. He couch surfed. Uh, you're, you're welcome, by the way. That yeah. was some sound advice. I was yeah, like, you should, you should pack it up. Let's just let's get it see dry. So. Yeah, it, you know, it, it was, I mean, every year it gets better and better. I'm thinking, what are we going to do to top it next year? You know, set off a live <laughs> volcano in the EM room? We can and, arrange that. You know, well, I my, thought, hey, my thought was stop, on the um, on the machine raffle, wrap one of them. Have it be a surprise. That was a neat idea. So, yeah, we had two machines that were raffled off like we do every year. <laughs> Fishtails, which was uh, one on Saturday by Josh. That was Josh. awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Donated by the Pinball Pirate. Donated yes. by the Pinball Pirate, Chris Coons, who was also the recipient of this year's uh, Steve Sharon Spirit Award. And then on Sunday, uh, it was uh, Roxy's boyfriend, Jim, who won it. So uh, it happened to be this year, two people that we knew. And he won a demolition, man. That he won the demolition, by man. Michael Hosier. Michael Hosier. Yay, and that Michael. Was, and that, funny thing, was going to be the project demolition, man, that we were going to talk about that I sold so I could buy another game. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Project Demo Man. It's Project, Project Demo Man. Is the, now the good news, the really cool thing about the Roxy situation and the Josh situation, for that matter, too, is that this is Josh's second game. Yeah. He has a uh, Rob Zombie. Yep. And so it's his first Williams game. And this is Roxy and Jim's first game. Yeah. And so at league night the other night, she walked up. She's like, "Okay." We need to talk about Demolition Man. What does this do? What does that do? Why does this work? And how does this work? And so they're really into it. They're, you know, experiencing the joys, quote, quote, of uh, pinball ownership. And uh, it's really exciting that both of those games went to locals. And just so Chris knows, it was in no way fixed. Right, right. Not at all. It was completely right. random. Yeah. Quit spreading rumors wink. on Facebook, yes. Dan. Yes. No, Lunch, it was completely nudge. random. You know, no, no. See, the Facebook thing legitimately was I said apparently you have to be in Lodi League and buy tickets, but that didn't work for me. Right. Or, and Chris took it as like I was saying it was a fix. Well, okay, Jim technically is not in Lodi League. He's come one time with Roxy. You oh, know? yeah, but Roxy gave him the money. So really, Roxy yeah. won. Anyway, you know what? It's great when people Jim win their first the game. I remember a few years ago at, at Pinagogo, there was a, a, a man came with his young son and they had fun and they played and they bought. I think one or two tickets, and they won an. I forget which EM it was, but they won an EM. Yeah. They won a pinball. They didn't have any. They didn't own any games. They just said, "Wow, this sounds like a lot of fun. We'll go play pinball for the day." And they took home a pinball machine. How cool which is, is that? Super cool. Yeah, super it's cool. great. It's a good. It's really a good idea. Yeah, and it, and it all you know, and the proceeds, of course, go to go to the Worlds of Wonder Science Museum, and then the proceeds from the tournament go to the Pacific Pinball Museum, and then the proceeds from the. Uh, the Flippin' Friday kickoff dinner and presentation of the Steve Charles Spirit Award, those proceeds go to local Girl Scout Troop 130 of Lodi who, you know, helped prepare the meal and serve it, which if you went this year, the food was 
phenomenal again. Um, I mean, the main course, the, you know, the, the entree, everything was great. The hors d'oeuvres were great. Uh, the dessert was off the chain. Uh, it was uh, st- uh, fresh strawberries and uh, Mars Capone Mars, uh, Mars, whipped cream. Mars Capone, Mars Capone. Ooh. I'm yeah. gonna say for the record, and a Girl Scout cookie, and a Girl Scout, and Girl, Girl Scout, Scout cookie. cookie. You can love strawberries as much as you want, but that is not a dessert. So, okay, yeah, well, boo this man! All right, boo, boo, boo! So yeah, we presented the uh, Friday night. I presented the uh, you know I hosted the dinner, and we had uh, uh, the two pin celebrities from Stern Pinball at our table, which uh, Kylo, Kylo, why did I say Kylo, Kylo Run? No, Kylo Ren. Good God. <laughs> I, I, God, I screwed yeah. that Tanya. up. Uh, Tanya Kleiss. Yeah, Tanya Kleiss. I'm Who sorry. And Mike, Mike for... Vinicor. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that, Tanya. I'm, I'm tired. Whoever you are. I'm know. tired and, and, and sober So because i got to get up real early tomorrow, so I'm drinking sodas. Anyway. That's your problem. The Stern guys were, were complete gentlemen. They were engaging. We actually talked about stuff besides pinball, but we talked about pinball, too. One of the neat things they, they kind of hit me to was uh, um, Mike had, Mike, Mike Vinicor had worked at Bowling Williams some years ago, and we were talking about Attack from Mars. And they had to go through two or three different castings with different mat- plastic materials uh, before they could get it right because the original uh, molds of the little Martians, they kept breaking. The arms kept breaking off. When they would jiggle. And when they would when jiggle, they would jiggle when their little arms would fall right off. Yeah, yeah, or when you'd hit them with the ball or the whatever. Oh, I guess just when they when jiggle. When they jiggle, off. they would yeah. fall off. So, you know, and I got another great inside scoop, which I'll tell you about shortly um, with Dirty Donnie, which was really cool. Um, and, and Donnie and his uh, uh, lovely new bride, Jennifer, were there. Uh, lots of pin leveries were there. Um, John Osborne, from uh, who had, you know, worked at Gottlieb for several years. Um, who else was there? All the Marco crew. All the Marco All crew the, was there. Um, suspects. Yeah, yeah. It was it, it was it was a great night. Kathy Charlotte, of course. Big shout out to Kathy. Uh, came in from uh, you know, Steve's wife. Came in from uh, Idaho to to share you know everything with us. Share the evening with us. It was a great evening. Um, you know, good food, good you know camaraderie. Um, we presented the award to uh, um, to Chris Coons, the pinball pirate. And uh, who we're see. trying to convince to do our show art next year. Oh, there you go. Uh, we had uh, um, Greg, our own Greg Owens, speak uh, about Chris. I did a little bit about Chris's background, and then we also had uh, Michael Sheets from the Pacific Pinball Museum come up and Shice. speak. So, Shice, Shice, I'm bombing with names here. Sorry, guys. Uh, well, you know who he is. He's a righteous dude. Uh, and, and it was a great evening, and we presented the award. He was very humbled by it, and, and, and you can see he was quite touched by receiving the award. And, and well-deserved, absolutely well-deserved. I mean, he is a, a you know a, a just a good, good pinball dude who shares his knowledge and, and expertise with everyone and promotes pinball in a really positive way. So congratulations again to... Uh, to the pinball pirate Chris Coons. So anyway, moving on because I lost my place, so I'm I'm filling time here with uh with no uh with ums uh, and with ums and us. Okay. Anyway, so um so yeah, so we started the tournament. I, you and I are qualifying. Were you qualifying Friday night? Uh no, I don't think I qualified until Saturday because I didn't volunteer. My my scorekeeper gig 
was uh was early Saturday morning. Like mm-hmm. I started Saturday morning. Yeah, I did my scorekeeper gig Saturday evening. Um, so I, I, I was playing when you were scoring. Yeah, I st- yeah, I started uh, playing Friday early afternoon, and then uh, I jumped uh, ship because I had to get ready for the dinner. And we did the dinner when that was over. I jumped back and played some more. And of course, by that time, as soon as I'm walking into the tournament area, guess he walks right past me. Andre Masenkov, world oh, champion. Yeah, that was- hell of a nice guy. Yeah. But then I'm like, because I was doing pretty good. You know, I had a really good game on goal ball, and I had a good game on a couple other games. We're talking about the strategies. I kept avoiding one game, and that one game's Walking Dead. Not because I don't I, – I like the game a lot, but I just, like, man, I can't – there's no way I'm going to put up scores like some of these other guys are on that game. So I kept avoiding it. And I got down, I had one play left, and I kept replaying stuff, and then just I kept bombing out because I couldn't beat the earlier score I had. I said, all right, well, I've played everything else. I'll, I'll, I'll play Walking Dead. What, what's the worst that can happen? And I put up a really good score. Yeah, you got to get in there and play everything. Uh, and you know, It still didn't help. Well, your strategy could be like, I'm going to look at old games. Or I'm going to look at new games. But it was the same thing for me. Like Star Trek, especially when I was scoring, Star Trek was always five deep with people. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know why all these people are playing Star Trek. I'll go play something else. Right. But when I played Star Trek, I ripped off a good game and I probably got 50 points off of it. And I was all like, oh, well, you know what? And I was judging like because all these hardcore guys that this is before the Andres and the Lonnie's and all them showed up. Right. uh, Like I was just kind of going against, you know, like Simon and some of the Sacktown regulars, guys who I know can play pinball. And I was just sort of judging on that. I mean, I think at the end of the day, what it kind of goes to show you is, you know, don't avoid stuff. You know, when it's qualifying, it's your chance to, you know, see what you can do on it. Big game, a game that I touched maybe once before in my life, was my best qualifying game. And honestly enough, it was my best game last night at League, too. And I'm just like, I couldn't have told you crap about big game. Fun game. Before the tournament. Yeah. Except for it's surprisingly fast for its size. Boy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so. That game is quick yeah it um, is well it's set up right wax clean you know but the, the final tournament uh was pretty exciting you know and there were there were what, three or four tournaments there was a kids tournament yeah yeah uh congratulations to uh wilder, wilder. wilder neff who was a grand champion of the kids tournament and then there was the women's tournament and i do you remember what the lady's name who won it was shannon leslie leslie, leslie. Did shannon leslie, came in leslie won uh, yeah shannon. yeah Number two, uh, out of the Bay Area. Yeah, and so she she seemed really nice. And then Sharky's really from Idaho. It's her first Sharky, time out here. Sharky's yeah, from Idaho. yeah. So, congratulations to all the ladies. And then I don't remember the B champion, but I know that our uh, our own uh, Adam Pressler took fourth. Yay! Yeah. And, uh, it was it was a gutsy performance. I was I watched the whole finals for that, and uh, it was pretty exciting. And then uh, our own Stephen took seventh. Yep, in Steven, the A division. Stephen took seventh in, in A. A division. Yeah. And then in A, yeah, we had Stephen up there. He was he was gutting it out. He put up a twenty five. I was scorekeeping, and I'm I'm checking other people's scores because they give you a, like uh, pads to do the scorekeeping on. It's really cool. Like you're talking about real yeah. modern technology. Everything flows real smooth. <laughs> and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, he's still on that game. And then I went, he's on his first ball. And when I looked and realized he was still on his first ball, he was at twenty two million. He topped out on on Funhouse at twenty five million, which was top qualifier. Yeah, and what's exciting about that was he was right below the line, and this was I think like 
his very last play, and he gutted out a huge performance oh, on he, that funhouse. He, he delivered, and, man. And he powered into A, and yeah. he, made, he made a good showing. And then in A, uh, Lonnie from Seattle yeah. uh, took a, took number one uh, with just a brutal game on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He, he put up over a billion and Andre just couldn't hang. And uh, yeah, that was, it was, it was pretty exciting. It was really cool to be. Uh, it was fun watching the finals. Like when Rusty was playing <coughs> the finals, it was real exciting. Yeah. So. Not just, not just seeing it on a stream or, or listening to a podcast or something, but to actually be there and watch these guys play. I mean, it's pretty cool, even though, you know, in our case, it was just sort of like, we didn't have a stream run in. We didn't have cameras, so we couldn't see the play fields. We're just sort of watching the displays and the body language. And, you know, when you get when you when you get down to it, any competitive environment, right, there's a lot of emotion there. Yeah. You know, you would you would see the thrill of victory and you would see the agony of defeat. You know, people beating themselves up when they did bad. Right. Like when when Andre's last ball ended and he didn't do well, like he took a walk. Yeah. Uh, we were we were joking. Oh, he's he's already back in San Francisco. You know, but wow. he, came, he came back, you know, and, you know, shook hands and, yeah. you know, super personable. Once the competition was over, he, he muttered out. Yeah. He's a good, he seems to be a good dude. So, um, of course, you know, uh, Friday, uh, actually the weather cooperated pretty good. And then, yeah, the weather uh, was beautiful on Friday. Yeah, uh, we had a little bit clear, of sunshine. Cool. We had a little bit of sunshine early in the day. Um, Saturday, of course, the weather wasn't so great, but it never dampened anybody's spirits. But we did catch a lucky break at the annual Sparky's Barbecue, brought to you by Mark Sparky Momberg, and uh, with help from uh, JJ from uh, Game Exchange of Colorado. Shout out Huzzah. to you guys. Huzzah. Um, we got through the barbecue and the group photo, and then it started raining about five minutes later. Oh, so, it was starting to sprinkle while we were doing that photo. So, yeah, but I mean, it didn't really. You know, yeah. You know, I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come for a while, uh, you know. <laughs> Um, Mind you, as we're all standing there hollering at Chris and Adam, run! Like bad dogs, run, run, run Forrest, run! <laughs> They're running across the field to get to the, the stage, and yeah, the barbecue was great as always. And seeing, you know, and that's you know, seeing old friends and making new ones. We made another new friend this year, Fletch. Fletch, he lives. He lives. He, he does, does live. Hell of a nice guy. So we made a new friend. We make a new friend every year. And, uh, you know, seeing old friends year after year. Um, I mean, there's so many people I want to name, and I'll be here for six hours. So yeah, if you... I don't name you, I'm still thinking about you. And it's always a pleasure seeing you every year. So please don't feel like, uh, um, you know, I'm just kind of burning through the day, the highlights of yeah. the day. You know what was funny about the fact that it rained is normally Saturday ends up being mostly the barbecue. Yeah. Like, you go out for the barbecue, and you end up being out there for four or five hours. Right. Eating, drinking beer. Drinking beer, and talking yes. to people, yeah. and seeing this person, seeing that person. And in this case, because everybody just wanted to get back in out of the rain, right. uh, you know, it, it really worked out pretty well in terms of, like, man, I'm not going to stand out here. I'm going to run back in and, and yeah. finish my qualifying. And there, were, there was, I mean, it wasn't, we had over 300 games, yeah. so it wasn't like it was ever too, too crowded, but... And, you know, and a great lineup, a, such a diverse lineup of games. Yeah, no, I mean, well, you know? with, with 335 games, you're going to have some variety. I mean, you know, uh, you yeah, had the, oh, well, we also had the Multimorphic, which we should be represented. Yeah, had, uh, Jerry like, showed up, brought his Multimorphic, uh, yeah. had the new art package for Lexi. Which is really pretty. Fast yeah. improvement. Yeah, and then had Cannon Lagoon. 
I was really hoping that he didn't bring Cosmic Kart Racing. I was really hoping. We for were Cosmic. really hoping. I know everybody's really looking forward to that. Cannon Lagoon is interesting and like like a redemption type game, but it would be great for little kids. But for adults, it, yeah. it just shows the variability of the yes, platform. Yes, yes. You know, wouldn't and, it be great if you had one of those to set up Cannon Lagoon so like you know a newbie could play it or a right, kid could play it or the little kids, you know, and then when it's time because I really like Lexi Lightspeed. I think it's a, you know Lexi's. Yeah, I think it's Lexi's a fun game, but I. Really look forward to seeing that. But, I mean, it was still good to see him there. He's a terrific guy, great show supporter. So, you know, that was good. Yeah, bring up a good point about the camp out or the the, uh, the Sparky's Barbecue. It wasn't an all-day event this year. It was like everybody huddled in, ate, you know, said hi. Practical Steve. Big shout-out to Practical Steve who brought really Practical nice. Practical Steve. Practical Steve. Huzzah. Who brought uh, really nice uh, map photos of last year's group photo from the barbecue yeah i can't wait to see this year's photo next year right (laughs) (laughs) but uh, above and beyond that a huge shout out to practical steve for all of the social media work yeah yeah all the social media work that dude was hopping yeah Yeah. he was he still is so he never stops and he's got you know he's got a family he's got two beautiful little kids um (laughs) you know he's got a, a lovely wife um, you know, he has a life outside of pinball like we all do. And God bless him for all the hard work and effort he puts into the show every year. So one more note and shout out on the barbecue. Everybody brings food, right? So a big thank you to everybody who brought food, beer, you know, so I mean, Sparky, Sparky headlines it. He brings the brats, you know, JJ provides the spot, but everybody brings a little bit something yeah so again it's it's another community event just like the games which uh uh when uh, packing up sunday I, w- I went around tried to talk to all the vendors shake their hand thank them for coming like i always do and i was talking with uh tim mezzle mezzle mods shout Measle. out to the mezzle measle measle the measle mods tim and his lovely wife whose name i'll remember eventually i'm so sorry she's a lovely lady mrs measle mrs measle there we go uh he's like <laughs> i was like next year bring more beads i only got a cup I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I said, you know, next year I'll make sure we bring a double order of my wife's delicious uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Stone, Stone Beef and Potato Company, Company barbecue, barbecue beans. So next year, double order on those. Make sure we'll make sure to save some extra back for maybe we just the measles family. Maybe we just need to get the recipe. So <laughs> yeah, I'm the, I'm the last one who knows how to make it because. Everybody involved, I think, is dead, I dead I or forgotten I about it. At all. So you're killing people to keep your recipe a secret? Pretty Pretty much. Well, yeah, it wasn't my recipe to start with. So. <laughs> but it's Pretty mine much. now. So what are you sitting on, on the couch for? Get in the kitchen. Get my, get my butt in the kitchen. Start making some beans. Hey, you know what? You, my husband my husband's we were... so progressive, he lets me wear shoes. You knew, we were, <laughs> you knew we were coming. But we're still recording, man. Actually, I, I think the highlight of the uh, the Saturday for me was honestly the Snicker salad. Yes. Oh my um, god. Just just listening to Adam's nephew say salad has to have at least lettuce in it, I thought was great. Watching, I missed most of that. I was running around trying to get something done, and Mickey was covered Mickey, in it. Oh watching Mickey eat the Snicker salad off of a sucker. Yeah. Yeah, that, it, that child was every every diabetic in a fifty mile radius was going. Why are my sugar levels up so high? <laughs> that actually, I had to take insulin as I watched them eat it. <laughs> it was pretty scary, but it it was great. You know, I got to the barbecue late. Just life happens, and it was just good to see everybody. Yeah, and it was it was fun. It's always been fun since we first started it. God knows how many years now. But Remember it when it was long. like a dozen people? Yeah. 
Uh, you remember the that first one? It was like there was like. Then we started letting people like these guys in. Yeah. I uh, I uh, love you. Mean I that. have some old pictures <laughs> from like. Off. I didn't do it. I have some old pictures from the barbecue from like six, seven years ago where it's like thirty people. Yeah. You know, I have the picture from the last year that Steve Sharma was at the barbecue with us, and uh, yeah, it was like 30, 35 people. And then uh, when it first started getting big was uh, the last Pinagoga we, we. Oh no! It was with. it was big before the last. But I mean, Pinagogo. it was really huge. You can look at the pictures of like ninety people. Jersey Jackson, that yeah. photo. Yeah, it was it was uh, big before. Yeah. Eric and Cheddar in his grass skirt. Uh, yeah, best picture ever, and Rusty took it. Is Cheddar in the cowboy hat, sexy cowboy at the pump. That's a, it's such a great. It just he just she nailed the shot. I still want to know like the dollar in his g string. All right, right. <laughs> well, Cheddar's such a sexy beast. You know that was is. a self slip. That's so, what I thought. Yeah. You know, so shout out to the almighty Cheddar. Anyway, so um, yeah, so you know Sunday was a women's tournament and the and uh, the final raffles. I mean, so much good stuff going on. Um, the silent auction. The silent auction. So many great classic games. So many great new games. Um, you know what was really popular with people was that What's weird, that? weird little horse racing game in the EM room. Which, yeah, I don't recall. See, which one do they have? Was it Hayburners? No, it wasn't, it wasn't like a pinball. It was an upright. No, it was like an up, there were a couple of the uprights. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I didn't get and, a chance to play people, it. Yeah. People kept coming up to me going, "I've only played that game eight times. I want to play it again, but it's not working now." And I see the techs over there fixing it again. You know, I mean, it was an old game, but people loved that game. Was oh, and Joust was real popular. Well, Joust, yeah. too. And, oh, big, big thanks. Who was fixing Joust all weekend? Wasn't that Kyle? Who wasn't? Kyle Spiteriano worked on I'm it I'm not a sure. Lot. I got a lot of tech alerts on it. Yeah. Rusty and I got to play because, a game on it. Yeah, everybody wanted to play it, you know. And yeah. That's, so that's whoever cool brought game. that again, thank you. Yeah, that whole head-to-head pinball thing, that's actually really kind of cool. It is, yeah. And it's funny that there are a few games like that. Yeah, right? there's War, there's Joust, and there's that old Gottlieb The one. old Gottlieb with the tilting play field is by far the coolest one. Yeah. I've, never, I've never played one of those. So we, I, it, it showed up at a Pinagogo maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who brought it, but it was a blast to play. And it was <laughs> it was different, and I wanted one. Then they're like, oh, yeah, there's like, you know, 12 of them or some god-awful load. Right, number. yeah. But yeah. yeah, Joust is always a crowd pleaser. And always popular. You know what was interesting this year is we didn't have a lot of the cocktail games. Like last year, we had a big section of cocktail games. Yeah, we only this had year, we only year. had Joust and, uh, and Night uh, Moves. Night Moves. My, my, <laughs> my wife comes up to me after the show. She's like, we should get a Night Moves. It's a great game. <laughs> it's a that, great... Night Moves, it was, a, no, it was Roy Clark. was the running joke at SPG for years. But you could, you could get those for like... Two cigar boxes of old marbles and rusty nails. You, know? you used to be able to. Now they're like seven, eight, nine hundred dollars. Yeah, people figured out that they're actually kind of amusing in their own weird way. Especially if you like Roy Clark. If you, if like, you like Roy Clark, because so. you know he entertains. Evidently, well, he is the entertainer. I, you know, I, and God rest his soul, he was an amazing musician. But so let's get to the new games, and because uh, you know they're all pretty much represented. Real quick, before we get to the new games, I yeah. want to report to everybody that the patron saint of the Golden State Pinball Festival, Spanish Eyes. Got played a bunch, came home absolutely working. Which, nice. is a, which is a huge shout out to the various techs who worked on it. I call it BS on that. That game thing. never, it's 100% working. I think Dan's lying. If I can say my Whitewater's house is broken next, don't, don't listen to me. <laughs> 
No, yeah, Spanish Eyes is a fantastic game, and it, it was pretty durable. There's no the show, show without Spanish Eyes. Well, yeah, no, it actually did pretty well this year. That. It had a sticky 10,000s relay, which was costly. See, I started having a sticky relay, and I haven't done virtually nothing to Surf Champ and brought it to the last four shows. When I played Surf, I played Surf Champ at the show, and I had a great game on it. It was playing like a champ. Yeah, I, it's starting to have issues. I just got to go through it and clean it real we good. We need to bring Spanish Eyes over to hang out with it. We could do that. Set up our games. We could do that. We got yeah. a lot of work. I haven't even touched the game since I got home. How's the Spanish eyes going to get over that fence up there? Really? Uh, yeah. we'll just, it'll jump. It'll jump. It. It's, yeah, yeah. Like, right I, I got this tunnel. Right. You know what we'll All do right. is we'll just, we'll just strap it to, uh, strap strap to strap Bud. We'll say Bud, and it'll just okay. So, uh, yeah, so new games. What, okay, what do we enjoy? I'm going to let, I'm going to let, you know, yeah, I'll let Brian start with this. Um, Wonka. Cool. Uh, I really like the feature underneath the Everlasting Gobstopper where it would turn for different modes. I thought that was really, really, really neat because it's never been done before. Yeah. Like, that was sweet. I loved the game. It was fun. Um, I liked it. There's nothing more I can say about it. It was a fun game. Definitely a, definitely a, a good game. It was hard to hear. And, you know, it was, there, it was the New Jersey Jack, so it's on two ball like it always is. Right. But it was still a great game to play, even though I scored under a thousand points on two balls because I suck at it. <laughs> Kendra, love it. Like I played, I I got a couple games in on it Saturday morning before it got, you know, jam packed with people. Right. And again, like Brian, my scores were nothing to write home about, but you know. There are, there are features in this game that we haven't seen before. Which is nice. Yeah, it, it's nice to have something new. And at the same time, it's a Jersey Jack, which, if you know my brother, you know it's Jersey Jack. Right. <laughs> you know, so I'm hoping that one of those magically appears. Um, I, I definitely want to get some more time on it, you know, get to understand it better. Right. But I, I definitely liked it, and it was a highlight for me. Oh, absolutely. Rusty. I only got one game on it, and it, like many of Jack's games, it's very busy. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to shoot at, um, figuring out where it gets. But, again, without being able to hear it, only having two balls, not, you know, and, of course, you kind of have to – we had to kind of bunch up and play in a group just to keep the line moving. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a great way to make new friends, but not a great way to get one on one time with a uh with a machine. Um so uh yeah, again back to, you know, I, I just need some one on one time with uh Willy Wonka and uh, to see um all that it has to offer, but it looks like it's gonna it's gonna be a winner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Damn. It's a good game. Uh, it's a lawler. So, I mean, if you're familiar with how a lawler shoots and plays, uh, you, you know what you're getting into. Uh, I'm not a huge Willy Wonka fan. Like, it wasn't. it was a movie that I grew up with, but it was never like, oh, my gosh, let's go watch Willy Wonka. So, the theme doesn't win me over. So, the game has to be good. I walked away wanting more. So hopefully uh, I'll get a chance to spend some more quality time on it. But yeah, there was always a big line on it. There were a lot of other things to play. So much like Rusty, I played my game. 
I experienced it. I actually had a really good ball that I kept going for a while. Um, really good flow. I mean, it's definitely got that Lawler stop and goiness, but it's also got a couple really good flow shots. Yeah, that will keep you coming back. And uh, the nice quality mix. is the quality is of course off off the charts, right? Uh, uh, you're not going to have a Pat Lawler design built by Jersey Jack that feels like anything less than the best that Bally Williams was putting out in the 90s. Right. So I think that uh, it would be nice to hear it. I know that in the, the streams, the sound wasn't amazing, but it's an integral part of the pinball experience. But for a first impression of a show, you know, not bad. And, you know, for 7500 bucks for that base level game, you know, I think that it's going to bring some people over to the jack side of the force. I, I, we have I, cookies. Yeah, we, we have, have cookies. cookies. Come outside. You know, you bring up a great point about that, and I was going to bring that up, too. Um, you know, I played one game on it with Rusty. My first time was a house ball. I had one flip. It bounced off a post straight down the middle. My second ball, because it was a two-ball game, uh, I had I, I never even looked at my score, so I had no idea what my score was. But I had really good. I locked balls. I never locked them in the Wonkavator. I locked them in the Super Secret Machine, right. which is a great feature. Um, and I got a multi-ball, and I kept it going for a bit, and I got a lot of cool stuff going on. But, you know, I was just trying to take it all in. Really enjoy the flow because I'm a huge Lawler fan, too. And one of my all-time favorite games is Whirlwind because it's got stop-and-go action, but it's also got some amazing flow shots. It's a perfect mix. Right. And I think Wonka's kind of got that same thing going on. But I'm also looking at it for the perspective. You talked about 7500 a little lower price for the base model. Uh, I never even saw the Wonka Vader work. You know, while I was playing it, so and that's okay. I don't know, um, but uh, the mechanisms look, you know, like something we've never seen before, but still simple and durable to be on location and not break down. So I think they really put some extra time and thought into this, and I'm hoping this does nail it out of the park for them. Yeah, it's not the visual punch in the face that pirates is. Like when you look at pirates, right. you're just like holy shit, like, look at all this stuff. Right. It's insanity. You don't look at this game and go, oh, it looks barren, uh, but you don't look at it like you did Pirates and just yeah. go, like, what didn't they put in this? But but at the same time, I think that that will work to its advantage because some people feel that Pirates is a little overstuffed. Yeah. My guess on that was, I think maybe they learned from Pirates. Yeah. Um, I seriously I, 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 don't, I don't know the background on it, but they had a very short production run. In this game, it's not, like you said, it's not as packed with stuff. But at the same time, they didn't have anything. They were like, oh, this isn't going to work on Wonka. we got to take it out. I know we want to think grand thoughts about like how they probably learned from Pirates. But the truth is, this game was designed, probably finished being designed, when Pirates was hitting production. Maybe in Whitewood. I don't know. So, I mean, it wasn't going to change anything that late in the game. I mean... If they had sat down to redesign it, we wouldn't have seen it as quick. This game was ready to go. Pirates was delayed, obviously. Yeah. And maybe, you know, during the long production Pirates of Pirates, it changed some stuff. But, I mean, nobody knows that except for Pat Lawler. And I seriously doubt that Pat Lawler looked at anybody's work and let it influence his own. Because that's not the kind of dude Pat Lawler is. Pat Lawler, you know, I'm not going to say he's an egomaniac, but I'm going to say he's earned his spot. Right. Uh... Before we get into the next game, which is Oktoberfest, I want to throw this. This is a really cool story. Uh, 
uh, after the dinner thing. Actually, the next day, I was talking with Donnie some more. I said, hey, thank you again for coming for the dinner. And I was saying, I love you. I love coming to these shows. You know, I, I try to never miss because this is just such a fun show and a fun group of people. And we were talking. I said, you know, I don't know whether you know it or not. You probably do or maybe you don't. I don't know. I said, but you pretty much saved pinball art. And uh, single-handedly, it's like, man, that's really nice of you to say. Thank you. I mean, it's very, you know, he's a very humble guy. Just with, with Metallica. Yeah, with Metallica. Okay. And he told me a well, great the original Metallica. With, right, right. With helicopters. Yeah, helicopters. With helicopters. Right. But thank you. Yes, it did. Helicopters, and then the Metallica one-off game that was a retheme of Shaker. Shaker. Yes. But he told me a great story, and the great story is this. Um, when Stern approached Metallica about doing the game, said, great, but it's Donnie or nobody. And they didn't, Stern did not want to use Donnie at first. And Metallica was like, you got, you got no Donnie, then we got no game, pal. Metallica's got that kind of pull. Right. In the music industry. Oh, right, right. So it worked out well, obviously, but when you think about the pinball art landscape, because even he brought it up, he goes, ACDC, I said, fantastic game was one of my favorites. He goes, but there are, I'm like, yeah, it's not that. It's maybe one of the ugliest games to ever exist. Then one of the <laughs> best at the pro. same time. The premium's not bad. I can They're deal all with bad. It, no. it, is, it is just not a beautiful game. I so I wanted to it. tell that story. Oh, I can deal with it. And, and thinking fun. about, you know, because like when you talk about, you know, we're talking about Wonka and Decisions and Pirates. And it's like, you know, can, and, and I brought this up before. I think it kind of got derailed in a previous episode we did. Um, it kind of sort of got derailed a little bit. Uh, I think I don't think people. It was the last episode actually. When I said, you know, are we asking, or we are we as the pinball buying public and the pinball fan fan base, are we asking the manufacturer for too much? And everybody was like, no, especially not for the money. But I mean, you know, even with the technology, and, and Pat Lawler said this years and years yeah, ago in yeah. an interview. You know, it's a, a, a toy or a mechanism's got to work on a game flawlessly for hundreds of thousands of plays and be and be reliable. You know, yeah. you can make the coolest mech in the world, but if it breaks down every third game, you know, right. then that's that's not going to help the home player or the, especially the route operator. You know, that's that's a death knell. But art never breaks down. Art never breaks down. And true and, love never dies. And true love never and dies. And that's one of the things where you're kind of running into in the industry now. I was talking with somebody the other day, and I don't remember who the conversation was with, but we were talking about Franchi. And, oh, it was with Mike. And the fact that, you know, Franchi seems to be rubbing some people the wrong way right. and that Stern seems to be distancing themselves from Chris Franchi. And I'm like, I don't feel like that's a move Stern can afford to make because I feel like in this day and age, Chris Fan, uh, Franchi, Chris Franchi and, uh, and Zombie Yeti are the dudes who are selling Stern's games. Yeah. Because it's, it's the art packages that are making it happen. And, uh, you know, when you look at the actual content of the games... There's less in the game, but because of the great R packages, there's more on the play field. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the two, yeah, I can agree with that to a you point. Know, and it's code and art. Right. Almost more than play field design these days that are driving games. Batman 66 is a humongous success story, right? Which did you see? I'll interject. Did you see yeah. the Catwoman artwork got released? Yeah, I did. Yeah. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, but but let's, let's be honest, right? It's like, does Batman 66 shoot all that high? It's okay. No. I mean, it's a fun game. I enjoy it. It shoots okay. It's not a great shooter. But it's got great code by Lyman, the best in the business. Right. And it's got great art by Chris Franchi, arguably the best in the business. 
And that's what's been driving that that game for years now. Right. You know, so I think that you can't underestimate what this art revolution in pinball has meant. And, uh, you know, yeah, Dirty Donnie was the dude who brought hand-drawn back to pinball. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So let's get into Thank you, Dan, uh, and everybody. Uh, Rusty, let's start you off at, uh, at Oktoberfest. I loved Oktoberfest. It was fun. It had neat shots. I wanted to I uh, watch somebody else play because, well, they were better than I was, um, which is, <laughs> well, most everybody. Uh, watch them uh, hit, open one of the doors, and they chose the, what's it, what was it called? The food, it was the food frenzy. F-U-D, yeah. which I say around my house <laughs> all the time. Food frenzy. Food. It's food. food. It's F-U-D. Food, food, food. Yeah. Let's eat some feud. Let's have some feud. And in feud frenzy, you it lights all the switches. So you have to count down all you have to hit all the switches to get everything. I thought that was just really cool because you could, you know, and, and if you could put it together with a multi ball and then just flip like a crazy person and just keep those balls going. You would hit most of the switches without even really trying. So, no, it was um, loads of fun. It has plenty to do. A nice deep rule set. Uh, lots of uh, lots of great shots to make. Shooting, uh, trying to, you know, time it right to get your, um, oh, what do you call that very first shot? The uh, skill, skill shot. shot. Yeah, yeah you the get skill shot's cool. Skill, skill shot right into the, right into underneath the dude's head. Is it the dude's That's head or the yeah. barrel or? It's underneath the guy's head. Right underneath the guy's head. Um, the, uh, the, the music, because it was kind of sitting off by itself, you could actually hear it a little bit. The music, it, it's, it, it has this mix of old world German Lederhosen music going on with some, with some undertone rock and roll. Yeah, it was yeah. really, really Beer barrel awesome. polka. Beer barrel polka. It was awesome. I love it. Honey, buy me Oktoberfest. I'm working on it. Better so. than Wonka. Yes, yes, I liked it better than Wonka. Controversial statement. Yeah. A lot of people are saying that. So, Kendra. I didn't get to play it. <gasps> oh. You got to look at it though, right? Okay. Yeah, You're, I was. I was. In Kendra's line. in the penalty box for the next three minutes. <laughs> I was in line for Oktoberfest, and Brad house. found me. Brad, I'm gonna play Oktoberfest. Go away. I love you, Brad. <laughs> you got to remember, he's not the boss anymore, so it's okay to say no to him. No. no. Did you try that? Yeah, no. it worked. It was amazing. It, it, it did oh, for me. It felt so good. I want to rub it on my face. So. Love See, you, Brad. Mean it. See, Dan, I got. Oh, good, you're here and dragged. He would literally grab me by the arm and just pull me along. Brian, you played Oktoberfest. I love that game. It blew my expectations away. I, I, for as dumb as it is, I think my favorite thing about it is that left ramp is massive. It goes from the bottom almost all the way up to the top of the glass. Yeah. It definitely dethrones the G ramp as the new hardest ramp to shoot I've ever I've ever had to shoot. <laughs> like the G ramp on Guns N' Roses is notoriously <laughs> steep and difficult. And that ramp goes out of the water. It, it's incredible. I I would love to get one that new Houdini. There, it's fun. That's all there is to it. We played some. Rust had played some more Houdini on Sunday. Who was the designer? 
on Oktoberfest. I always forget his name, but he's done other games. He did uh, Wheel of Fortune, not Wheel of Fortune, but Wizard of Oz. And, and again, didn't know. he do some, some spinball party? No. I'm trying to think now. Anyways, anyway. uh, he was the guy. That's his passion project. Like, right. He wanted to make Oktoberfest, and American Pinball said make it. I hope it sells. I, you know, because I because think... I feel like it's the ultimate expression of, of like, I want to make something that nobody else wants. I want to show you what I like, and hopefully you like it too. And I hope American Pinball doesn't get punished for going against the grain with an original, quote unquote, theme. Right. And uh, to be honest, it's a hell of a game. I mean, there'll never be a lot out there because American Pinball is a, a tiny outfit. But yeah, I mean, well, it's an original IP. They can make that thing for five years. Well, right. People have to buy it, right? American Pinball, if you're listening. Yeah, ba- uh, Balsa, Joe Balsa. Add in Balsa. some strange brew quotes from when they're having to deliver the beer to the beer fest, and you guys will make it even better. Oh, exactly. But yeah, it was. it's really good. And yeah. I mean, just like Houdini, right? Like, except for like, when I first played Houdini, like, I didn't like it. And I had to put 10 games on Houdini before I was like, Start okay, figuring out the shots, yeah. Like, I want to like it, but it's just bricky. And then I'm like, no, it's not really bricky. You just have to make your shots. Right. This game is what, like, you want the new generation of pinball to be. Absolutely. It's fun to shoot. There's crap everywhere. Right. Um, the theme integration is great. And it's just, you know, it's sort of like if you think about something like Medieval Madness, right? Like, you know, it's kind of a Monty Python and the Holy Grail ripoff with that generic castles and, 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 you know, princesses and dragons theme. And this is beer and food and tents and fun. And it's super good. And I want Spencer to buy one for Rusty <laughs> so I can come over and play it a lot. So yeah, super good. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good excuse to have, you know, sausage and beer parties. Mm-hmm. Wait, we need excuses for that. Well, we don't I mean, need any more besides the fact that we need don't. Besides the fact that we need to eat, right? Um, I, and I'm going to point this out. Uh, well, this, this goes for all the, the new games. You cannot judge the artwork with pictures or video. They never do it justice. Right. It's totally different when it's you're standing. Be- Oktoberfest is beautiful, and it's not too busy when you look at it in person. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like Comet, Cyclone, and Hurricane, where you have that overhead Absolutely. of yes. the theme park and all the little yeah. Yes. And you know what? Everybody loved those. Oh, and yeah. Those are from the It pre- reminds me a lot of that. era, but it's great. The, the bumper car pop bumpers, and they were like done in like a glitter paint. Yeah. It's great. Um. Yeah, same with Wonka. Stunningly beautiful game, but but Oktoberfest, it's it's quirky and fun. We're talking about the that one. The art on Oktoberfest is better than the art on Wonka. It's I was fantastic. It's beautiful. By the art on Wonka. You know, if it's the theme and I'm it's, fine with it, it it's not knocking it out of the park, but it's not bad. Well, it's just pictures. It's it's that picture of Gene Wilder with his arms kind of spread, and then like a lot of dots and right, sparkles. candy and sparkles. Candy, and, you know. But Oopas. but Oktoberfest, I got a cool mode Oopas. when I was Oopas. playing it. Uh, I got beer chugging mode where you're looking at your beer mug and you're chugging it and you got to make the lit shots, you know, so it's really easy to know what you got to shoot at and you got to go against the computer player to chug your shots. Now, you know, there's been a lot of talk about... Am uh, I remembering correctly that that game has a one-handed mode? It does. So you can drink your beer. It does have a one-handed mode so you can drink your beer. Come on, people. This is genius oh yeah give this game a chance and more people the more shows it goes to the more places it ends up on location and it's 7500 bucks um and the more people play it, i think it's going to end up being a pretty well respected well-loved game um the video 
uh, you know, the display. There's a lot of, you know, controversy. controversy. A lot of people don't like it. Now, it looks a, fine. Most of the scenes look fine. There's one where it shows, like, just a crowd in Oktoberfest on stage. It was real fuzzy and blurry. And I went, eh, yeah, not that great. But you know what? I'm not spending all my time looking at the screen. I'm looking at what's right. on the play field, which just nails it. Um, if you can get anywhere to a show, to a barcade, arcade, to a collector's home and play this game, I implore you, do it. I don't think you'll regret it. You may end up not loving it. You may end up not ever owning one. But I think you'll at least say, wow, man, pretty good second effort. Oktoberfest is the business. It's the real deal. It's, it's top shelf. You got anything to add to that, Dan? No, man. I mean, I think that I think we've covered it kind of in depth. Yeah. Uh, for a first impression, like it's it's a super good game. Oh yeah. Up next is Beatles. I'll start. Um, I like that it's uh, of the early years, which I like that better before they got all high and crazy and you know whatever. Um, Let me jump in real quick. Okay. Have any of you guys played it outside the show? No. No. Okay. What I am going to say is you missed half the experience. Okay. Because if you can't hear that game, yeah, you missed a lot of what makes it fun. That said. Okay. Good, good point. And I couldn't really hear it very well. Yeah. But before because I Jamie get... played it, and she was like, man, I really wish I could have heard the music. And I'm like, oh, yeah, man, it's, it's fucking awesome. I mean, excuse my language, but yeah, it's, it's amazing because it's, it's super, super well integrated. Oh, just put the M on there. There we go. Uh, Rated M for the no, we, show. We had one, so we're at a PG-13 right now. There we go. Um, and no nudity yet. Can we get some full so, frontal? Hold on. There we go. Thank Brian, you, Brian, Brian, Brian. <laughs> you, you guys are all aware that when I record shows alone, I'm either in my bathrobe or completely naked, right? So, God just, damn it. Wait, that was TMI. <laughs> no, did not need to hear that. Shit I didn't need to know. Because it's like, you know, one o'clock in the morning okay. or something. did not else. need to okay, hear let's, that. Okay, let's reroute the show. Let's <laughs> yeah. back on track. Hey, it's not video. They We've know. leveled up Oh, they now. know now, so. Spencer, how much that's was that alone time and I'm, now you're doing the show naked? <laughs> that's what that sloppy against your leg sound I kept doing. Now that wasn't butt in the garbage. Yeah, you're blaming butt. Anyway, yeah, but I don't no, know that panty was. It was rusty. Right, right. Ooh, boom. Oh, boom. Oh, yeah, that'd be yeah, the only oh. noise you hear out of rusty is possible snoring. Yeah, 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 yeah no. <laughs> she's in bed at eight, eight thirty, nine o'clock every night. So anyway, party um, machine. Uh, what are we on to? Oh, Beatles. So we were just talking about Beatles. <laughs> we're talking about Beatles and, and naked, naked Beatles. Okay. Um, the topper. Did anybody <laughs> notice the topper? I did notice that there was a topper, and that was uh, the uh, Chris Coons. That's an add-on. That doesn't. It's an add-on. It does. Yeah, it costs money. Probably four or five hundred bucks. Um, yeah. I don't know the exact amount. I think it's but it had the four heads of uh, in the Ron Springs, so they kind of shook, kind of a la uh, diner. But it also had Beatlemania, and as people were playing the game, I was watching, and it would light as you're hitting the shots. It would light the letters of Beatlemania. The game is technically called. Beatlemania. Okay. I think. Because you notice that Beatlemania is everywhere. In yeah. It. And I think that, like, the thought process is if you heard Kamikaze's uh, interview, he sort of seemed to intimate that there could be future Beatles titles. I had heard something you know, about Which that. would make sense with the cost of the license. So it's right. like, you know, maybe well, if Beatlemania is a big hit. That and Beatlemania is, you know, the syndrome of all the collectors. Right, but I'm mean, if the Beatlemania is a big hit, then maybe you'll see that later era that yeah. everybody's oh, kind of like... Oh, God, are we going to have a white album 
pinball machine. Yeah, just like wouldn't it be hilarious if they did do a white album and it just had a white sidebar? There's class. a Supreme on Sotheby's auction <coughs> and it's already up to like fifty grand or some crazy amount. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. So Beatles. Okay. As you know, if you don't know, loosely based on a previous game, Sea Witch, uh, early nineteen eighties, uh, Stern Electronics game. They've added a few things. The spinning disc, 45, really cool way to do it. Adds to the gameplay. A couple of magnets, multi-ball. I really, really enjoyed playing it. The killer for me is the price. If it was a $4,000, $4,500, maybe $5,000 game, but at $8,000 for the gold edition. I can like, just go play Sea Witch. I can just go play Sea Witch. Yeah, those are going up like crazy too now. It plays better than Sea Witch. Way better. Um, fantastic flow. Lots of fun, good action, but simple enough for the casual player, non-pinball player, to really enjoy yourself. So I think it hits it out of the park in all the aspects except the price. And I get the license was crazy expensive, but, you know, and somebody, I think it might have been you, Dan, brought it up. Make a Sea Witch too. Yeah. I mean, 2.0. Yeah. Sea Witches. Sea Witches. It's, it's daughter of Sea Witch. Yeah. Sea Witch goes to college. Sea Witch joins the Navy. Ooh, you know. Sea Witch goes to college. I have that Sea video. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, it's a, yeah, it's a simple game. Real, you know, it's a flat game. Uh, you know, is it eight thousand dollars worth of game? Oh. I think that you have to kind of look at it as what am I buying? You yeah. know, if you want to buy pinball, no, you can get more pinball machine for for less money. You know, like I said, look at Wonka, look at Oktoberfest. If you are a Beatles aficionado who likes pinball and wants kind of the ultimate expression of that, it's pretty good. I mean, I think that was probably their aim, Dan. And yeah, not, and I think exactly. Yeah, yeah no, it wasn't the casual or the pinball collector really. It, it, it was, was the, the, yeah. Yeah, because it was that little teeny cross section. And that's why they're making 1900 of them, right? But Here's the thing is like, you know, I played one at a, uh, at a local collector's house. Uh, uh, Shannon. No, not Shannon. Shannon doesn't have it. Uh, he plays in Folsom. For some reason, I'm blanking on his name. I'm just guessing. This is terrible. But, that uh, guy that plays in Folsom. Shout out to the guy that plays in Folsom. That was really good. He took second in Texas. Ridgeway? Mike Ridgeway. Oh, Mike yes, Ridgeway. So I played it at his house and just. Yeah, I couldn't go that night. I had something going. Super fantastic game. And just like, I can see. You know, can you quantify the price of fun? I mean, it might be $8,000 worth of fun, kids, but you have to kind of spend with your own wallet. Right. You know, and to to that cross-section, yeah, it's going to be worth it. You know, so I think I think Beatles is a cool game. Uh, I had a blast playing it. I played I'm, seven or eight games. I would it. love for something like that to be like four grand. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and I that mean, would find its way into people's houses. We played it. And I put up a rather good score. Yeah, I don't remember did. what it was, but no, she did real well. You know, it, it was fun to play. I had a good time playing it. It it was understandable. It wasn't like yeah, you exactly. know five modes. And exactly. Each mode has a thing you're supposed to do, and each mode is assigned to a song. So one of the modes is a spinner mode. One of the modes is a drop target mode. One of the modes is an orbit mode. Right. Uh, and then one of the modes is a multi ball. And then when you do all the other modes, you get to play. Uh, I wouldn't call it the wizard mode, but you get to play the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I did well. I had a good time playing it. But for the price point, I don't yeah. see it. That's what kills it for a lot of us. Rusty. 
Uh, I'm actually fairly cold on it. Um, the, just the theme itself kind of chills me out. Although I like Sea Witch okay. I, I guess I know that's practically sacrilege, but <laughs> I don't think Sea Witch is I, I, I don't think it's either. the end all be all. Um I, I didn't really I first time I played it I hit I hit that orbit thing where I kept I kept slapping it and it kept orbiting and orbiting yeah. and orbiting. That's and great orbiting. When you get a good orbit shot going and just keep hitting them. You I know, and then, then it was Well I of, love it when the magnet will grab it. I love in that your part. orbits. Yeah. And drop it. It's yeah. so cool. But no, uh, I, I, I I was cold on it. And again, for me, mostly it's the theme. I've been so burnt out on the Beatles for the past ever, forever. I understand. I've been burnt out on Richard Pryor. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm fine. Do you have anything more to add on Beatles? It's fun. Uh, it's not $8,000 worth of fun. And I prefer Sea Witch. <sighs> I know oh, it doesn't play right, but... Well, the way it said, I've played some that were played great. Yeah, here's the thing with Sea Witch is that it's almost a damn near old 40-year-old game. Right. You know, if you find one that has a – is someone clear-coded and touched up the play field and you sat it and it, it played, it would meet your expectations. I know someone who does have one like that. It would meet your expectations. I like Sea Witch better. And like Rusty said, Beatles, yeah, like I like their music. But I'm not like this Uber fan. It's not like I am with Iron Maiden. Right. That's where I'm at. You know, you know and it's not an $8,000 game. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, like Dan said, single up a play field, a spinner, some magnets does not equal eight grand worth of fun. Right. And like, there's just, but again, pinball people were not the primary target for that. Right. It was that cross section of the of Beatles fans and then pinball people were going to buy that. Exactly. No, you make y'all make great points about it, and I love everybody's opinion. You know, it, it's honest opinions, and that's what we're all about. Just you know, if you don't care for games, say the, I don't care. The for thing it, I so. could see them doing, like Dan said, because the license was expensive, is I could see them doing code updates for different era eras of the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. So that could be something really interesting. Oh, there you go. You know, like get into the point where they got into the drugs and everything, and, or you know, and just progress through the era. And right. there's other stuff you can do now with. <laughs> Just a simple code update, you could accommodate that. Yeah. I'm just hoping more than anything to see this play field become one of their contract play fields. Like they did with uh, Supreme and the like they did with Primus. Right, right. Like, so when somebody wants a pinball machine, Boom. like, this here's is what a, you got. One of the styles That's a great idea. I can pick. That's a great idea because the engineering. Because it would be nice to see this play field be out there for more than, you know, at the most 1965 machines. Right. All right. Well, up next, we got Munsters. I'll let Rusty start. We play both the Pro and the Premium. Yeah, you know. Um, I, 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 it just doesn't do it for me. I, it, I, I tried. I, I tried because I really want to like it. Actually, I played the Pro Premium and LE, but anyway. So. Why aren't you special? No, not really. I'm <laughs> douche pool. Uh, You're douche pool. Um, now, uh, for, for, for me, I just, um, and I didn't do well. Um, Spencer did very well when we were playing. Uh, we, we found one in a bar. And uh, Spencer did very well. In fact, he did so well, he went through each and every mode and then started over again. That, to me, is not in-depth. You know, I mean, again, I, I didn't do well on it, but I, I, I found it boring. 
wasn't and I could be wrong on this, but wasn't the goal of Munsters was to be more open to the casual? I believe players? it is because it's a simpler rule set, which is making a lot of the home collectors very unhappy. Um, but yeah, it's 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 more accessible now. The flow on the game, the artwork's beautiful. Chris Franchi, how fantastic! Does that premium look? It it's looks gorgeous. Amazing. It's, it yeah. is gorgeous. The people who were complaining about the black and white premium need their eyes checked. Well, yeah, it's that beautiful. is striking. I mean, but they're I doing could, a color one now, aren't they? Yes, they, they are. are. I could care a crap about the monsters. Like I was never a monsters person. Adam's family right. all the way. But like, wow, that's a great looking game. It, it is. It's yeah, beautiful. It, is. it shoots nice. It, it, it shoots beautifully. And like you know, you got spotter under the ramp. That's a cool little feature. You know, the Herman toys, <laughs> what you expect from a start. I don't hate the game. I don't love it. It's like, okay, it's fun to shoot and everything. Again, great to play on location. Probably a, a nice league night game. Um, but there's just, there's there's no wow factor there for me, you know? The Little Caesars pizza pinball. <laughs> oh, that's hard. Wow. 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 That's, wow. that's that, that's, wow. that's cruel to Little Caesars. <laughs> no, nothing's cruel to Little Caesars. The box is better, tastes better than the damn pizza. I didn't touch it at the show because uh, I'd already played it. I didn't it. either because I'd already played yeah. No, I did. I played one game on a premium because I wanted to play the premium. That's what I did. I played the premium. It was just... You know, See, it, I think it's I think it's a good game. I think they did a great job on the lower plate, though, with the amount of stuff they packed into it. I you got, think, a, yeah. you got a, a BUK. You've got a ramp. Both returned to the flippers. You got lots of little targets. I mean, it, it's that's probably the best part of the game in the premium. I mean, the it bro, was definitely yeah. an improvement over the Family Guy. Absolutely, yeah, like they did a stellar job on that for sure. Yeah. yeah, because I don't like the theme. The game had to win me as a player. I think it plays great. I think it plays great. I think it looks nice. Again, a, a, you know, another one for Franchi. You know, good call. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind the code. Like, I know, again, everybody expects every game to be the Simpsons pinball party. You know, I think they were going for more of a getaway where, you know, you'll see Red Line Mania two or three times right. when you're having that super good game. And if you look at a lot of, like, the stuff that he put in it, like Secret Mania, yeah. Monster, was it Monster Madness is the final yeah. mode. Yeah. I mean, it really seems like maybe Dwight was going for that getaway. Yeah, my, uh, my first game ever on my quality. second ball, I got... I got to, to Munster Mania and that's, or whatever. And that's the idea. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, if you want to make that game brutal, right. where did you play it at? Uh, the stadium bar just down the street from Adam's house. They probably didn't jack it up and remove no. rubbers and try to make it hard. They want people no, to I play. put five bucks into it, and then Rusty and I left a bunch of games on it because we kept you know, winning games. But at the end of the day, it's just one of those games where it doesn't do enough for me to go, like, I need to have one. But it doesn't do so little that I'm like, well, Stern's lost their touch. They're going out of business tomorrow. You know, right? Yeah, I mean, if they put a better license on it, I would, I'd be more into it. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know. Bye. Everybody's into interrupting you. They are. They really are. I'm just not supposed to talk tonight. <laughs> no, it, it plays all right. It, it plays well. But the theme is not something that I'm, you know, 110% behind. I'm not, I'm not going to walk away from it if it's what's available, but if I've got multiple choices, it's not going to be my first choice. Yeah, it's pinball, so it's good. Yeah. But yeah, a better theme would have, would have sold that game to me. I was shocked when they even said they were doing the Monsters. I was more shocked when people started getting excited about it. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I don't hate it, but like Spencer said, I don't love it. I barely tolerate it, you know. Red-headed stepchild. I, I can't really get into the monsters theme. I always felt like it's because everybody hears the monsters and thinks the Adams family. Exactly. And pinball people think the Adams family. You know, you think yeah. of the best-selling machine of all time. I yeah. think that it was association. And everyone's like, oh, no, that's bullshit. And I'm just like, everybody thought this was going to be Stern's Adams family. Yeah. And I maintain Stern's Adams family was Monopoly. Or Jurassic Park in the Dad East days. Yeah. So well, that was really kind of, you know. Our next game is actually Alice Cooper, even though the prototype was there last year. Excuse me. With the um, new code. With the new oh. code. Well, uh, before that, I want to touch on Deadpool. Which we did is also a new game because we didn't have it last year because it hadn't come out yet. Uh, I played Rusty and I played the pro quite a bit. Uh, the pinball pirate Chris Coons brought a premium. Very rarely do I get more excited about a premium or an LE than a pro. Usually the pro is more than you know. I usually end up liking the pro most games. Most turns better. Oh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to yes, get to we, that. We'll That's coming there. up. We're get, <laughs> patience, dear brother. I did bring my box. Uh, don't lose your head, Augustus. Uh, anyway. Uh, um, I still love Deadpool Pro. I put up a 330 million game on one, playing with the Bannisters. Still didn't get on the board. Uh, had a monster game. I and the new updated code. I love Deadpool. <coughs> love, 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 love Deadpool. Um, love the theme. Love the gameplay. Love everything about it. It's got just the premium. Really awesome. And I love the disco multi ball because you got the the mirror ball. But I still go with the Pro probably. Okay, one thing I was going to say about Deadpool is it'll never happen but it'd be great if they did an adult version based on the movie that's like been, they did with Family Guy. Yes, that's been brought up a lot and who knows what'll happen down the road. Um I'm sure somebody will walk up with a, a recorder and and get uh um, I'm sure Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Ryan Reynolds to I'm say, sure he'd be down you know, to do it too. Yeah. Say you know say something about say something about your balls, you know. Come on, yeah. man. He did Detective Pikachu. That man will do anything for money. True. He actually he did, did he actually did the um uh, honest trailers for Deadpool as yeah. well. So if you haven't seen that yet, he's and actually he does a lot of screwed up commercials for this suck ass mobile game. Yeah. Like yeah. just all over the so, place. So anyway, so uh any quick thoughts on Deadpool? How much has code saved that game? A bit. Like, when I first played that game, I was like, oh, man, the play field's kind of weird, and that's cool, but it is just not fun. Like, what? what? And that was like, oh, man, what is Stern doing? This is the beginning of the end. They took this wonderful art and just threw it away. And I played it again, and I was just like, man, there is way more to do. Yeah. There is way more interaction. There's way more reward for the things that you do. Like, it's, it's really saved the game. I still feel like the collectors and the uh, premium don't really bring too much more to the table. The, the, the diverter, so you get kind of an awkward loop, is kind of mm. cool. The disco thing is stupid. I'm sorry. I love it. The molded action figures are, are fine, but the stand-up flats look almost as good. But seriously, it's like, if you if you love Deadpool and you got to go that way, go that way, you're not going to be disappointed. But, man, the code has really brought that game around. The mech suit multi-ball, tons more call-outs. I got that. Way more animation. Yeah. Like, the Wolverine mode, where the Berserker Rage mode with Wolverine, where he's, like, losing his mind, cutting up this turkey and eating it, and, like, fighting ninjas at the same time is hilarious. Yeah. Like, super, super turnaround on that game from something that it's like I would never, ever own to, oh, man, you know, this would be a cool game if I had a big, big collection. You do have a big collection. 
If I had a bigger collection. <laughs> I love the premium, believe it or not. Um, you know, I did. I mean, I wouldn't mind owning the pro. I, I, but I do love the premium. Um, the Orbit um, at the top is um, nice. I like it. It's not because it, on the pro that that top thing it, it gets clunky. Um, oh, the the ram. Yeah. Yeah. So why would you spend fifteen hundred dollars for a disco ball? Well, you get more drop targets too. You do get drops. More drops. Well, you get drops uh, besides the right. mini death. Yeah. And if the DEAD POOL are all drops. If we were gonna if we were gonna have it, we would probably have the pro model and be all it'd be, you know, just as entertaining. So, um, again, uh, I always need that one on one time. You got you know, you got you you gotta have time to date and touch and yeah. fall in love, you know. But well. no, I do, I do. I do. And that's why I'm married. I see you're sitting by me tonight. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I saw your Tinder profile down. Swipe. <laughs> so yes, I I do I do love I do loves me some Deadpool. Um, it wasn't horribly mean to me in the tournament. Yes, I took fourth place. Thank you. Uh, uh, so, and we got to play on Deadpool. So that was, it was, it, it, it's a fun game. It's not only fun for to play, it's actually a game that, you know, if you're just, you know, digging the thing, it's fun to watch other people play because you get more of, as an observer, you get more out of the, out of the, uh, uh, the screen, then of course the the uh, then the player does because if the player's not watching the field, they're going to lose their ball. Yeah, I agree with that. That's the nice thing about the screen is that if you're waiting to play or play with a friend, there's so much cool mm -hmm. stuff to see. So, and then Spencer noticed on the premium that's the one that had the topper. Yeah, if you saw the topper again, thanks right. to Chris Coons. Um, it had like the little baby Deadpool and then had the Deadpool logo in the middle and on the, the well, if you're facing it, it'd be on the left side. It had Deadpool and he had his hand. And when you're playing, if you're doing well, he gives you a thumbs up. And then it'll go like this. Oh, I didn't, then, I didn't notice you, that. Yeah, and then if you're okay. just sucking. Going like this, he's holding his thumb sideways. Yes. And then if you're really sucking, he gives you a thumbs down. And it lights up. It's real pretty. It's a beautiful topper. That's kind of cool. It is really cool. Yeah. So like, That's kind of jerky, though. If you're, if you're like breaking shots or like Drain your ball, get a ball safe, hold the thumbs down, you yeah. So, it's really So, cool. from, like, across the room, people are going to see that you suck at pinball. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, you're paying $500 for it, you know. It may as well do something to me. It might as well tell you how much you suck. Exactly. So, which reminds me, I came up with a new joke. I was talking to uh, Jim. That narrowed it down. I know. I'll think of it. He bought a new Ghostbusters. There are more Jims in this. I know. He's... he's uh, the Jim okay. bought anyway, the Ghostbusters. The Jim bought the Ghostbusters. Yeah, he's he, he's a regular. He comes to most parties sometimes. He's he's, he's a Bay Area guy. Oh God, why can't I think of his last He's a still, huh? Jim the still? No. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, he always wears the Attack from Our shirt or jacket. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we were talking about his new of that. And he's like, yeah, it's a shame I never got a chance to get anything signed. Um, uh, um, you know, because he made some great games. We all know who we're talking about. And I'm like, yeah, but you can still get new stuff he's working on, you know, license plates. And he goes, <laughs> oh, God, that is so good. And I just, like, in a random, hungover, pin-lagged haze Friday morning, right, already suffering from pin-lagged Friday morning, 
uh, that I came Mostly up with hangover. I feel yeah, bad that I know that he okay, won. The last two guys. I erased okay, all of mine. The last two guys, I think, standing up in the campground that I saw could have been others, but the last two I saw were me and Vince, and we were shooting uh, the coffee infused uh, Patron tequila. And like we finally both called it a night at 1 30 a.m. on oh, on Thursday night. So yeah, uh-huh. it was in the Friday that does morning. not sound good. Which has nothing to do with Deadpool. But Which has nothing ways. to do with Deadpool, but where was I going with that? Anyway, I wanted Nobody to Nobody knows that. what you were talking about. You were talking about so. Friday morning when you were hungover and saying that they could get, you know, the license original plate. license plates. Yeah, you know, so so if you're really a fan of that particular designer, I won't mention his name, you, you probably know who he is. Uh, he designed Ghostbusters. Now he's He's making license plates in the Illinois penitentiary. So, you yeah. so, beep. beep. Uh, okay. He's, he's the new Joliet Jake. Hey, we don't put down the beep. He's, he's a new something. All right. Anyway, uh, are, are we through talking about Deadpool? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I'll pass. I didn't play it. Okay. Uh, oh, it's a fan. Have you played it at all? Yeah, I didn't care for it. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Try it with a new code. Yeah, but you played it early, right? I played it with the new code, too. Oh, I just okay. didn't care for all it. All right. All right. We'll move on. Uh, oh, uh, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. I'll start because I played a game of it and I was bricking terribly and couldn't get anything done. And so it, again, it was like early Saturday morning. I was exhausted and wet. And I went over to Chris Bannister. I was like, man, you know, I love Charlie. I love Spooky. It's a beautiful game. The code's working great when you get it to work. I mean, you know, it was working fine, but I, I couldn't play for shit. He's like, go play another game later. So I did, and I had a much better game. And I really think it's just... The shots are tight, but it, wow. The animations on that are phenomenal. The music, because we had two of them. One was off in a corner by Rob Anthony's booth, and I could hear the music, and I could hear the call yeah. outs, which was great. Huge improvement. Spooky, why did you win a Twippy Award for art and sound package? Or not sound package, well, sound package. Art and um, display animations is beyond me, because that, that game nails it out of the park. Uh, bravo, Spooky, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Anybody go. I love it. I played the prototype. It was fun. And with the new code update, I was playing by Rob's booth because, A, it was quiet. You could hear everything. And, B, there was nobody around. So you could sit there and get yeah, a couple games Yeah, nobody was really in. paying attention to it. Yeah. So Yeah, I saw that one getting played a bit and the one in the main hall getting played a lot more. Yeah, I, I played the one at Rob's for maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes straight. And there's nobody else around. Look back. Okay, cool. Playing again. Awesome game. Like, it's yeah. killer. I would love to be able to afford one. It's fun and just like i said when we discussed it last the cab art on that is right behind big bang bar in terms oh, of just like the best it might, yeah beautiful. my favorite cab art right behind big bang bar yeah it's it's fantastic um i think for a lot of the people who are looking for pinball to do something more akin to storytelling um and they're not looking at this game they're crazy because the way the whole game works is like a video game you know yeah left ramp or left lane right lane take you to different rooms Shots will find items. Shots will start boss battles. Yeah. You know, if you find the item, you go into the boss battle, you kill the boss easier. Um, it all happens in a pinball framework. Yes, the shots are tight. That's why I keep telling people to make a dragon slayer. It yeah. it, 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 it lends itself perfectly, and most of the animations are done. Yeah, you yes. have to get the rights to it. Yeah, yeah and, and Bluth will sell the rights for a wink and a smile. Um, yes, the shots are tight. Yes, they're makeable. Um, it's by far... Spooky's best effort yet. Like, oh, yeah, just super cool game. I think a lot of people don't get it. You know, I think a lot of people are, are either looking for more of a tournament title or the Alice Cooper itself. Like, uh, 
you know, they look at it, they go, oh, I don't care about Alice Cooper and the music, and they don't realize that it's it's like a it's like a haunted house. Like if they said, hey, right. you know, this is this game, if they just called it Haunted House or something like that, or just Nightmare Castle, I think it would have actually probably helped them sell it. Um, but it's it's cool and it's it's a it's a clear triumph for for that company. Oh yeah. And they've sold it, you know, there's no more to sell. I think they sold all five hundred. Oh, did they? So yeah, I knew yeah. they were close a while back. Everybody who wants it, you know, is, is getting yeah. it. We have two or three in our group. Yeah. And so, you know, hopefully we'll get a chance to play it. Uh, Ladies? More. I did not get to play it this year. I played okay. multiple games last year. Yeah. You know, and loved it last year. I, you know, I definitely want to play it with the new code, but I just, I didn't have time. Yeah, I know. We were pretty busy working. Maybe someone code. quit grabbing you. Right. Do stuff. Love you, dude. Hope to see you soon, Brad. Serious. <laughs> and happy birthday to Brad, which Brad's birthday, I think it was on Sunday. Oh, happy birthday, dude. Yeah. 21 again. 21 again for the third time. <laughs> Love you, brother. Uh, on to, all right, get ready for Battle Royale tonight on the couch, kids. <laughs> Black Knight, Sword of Rage. Um, rage. Okay, uh, Rustin, I guess we'll start because we played it, what, first thing Friday morning, huh? Something like that. And we played the premium <laughs> first because they had two premiums and like, what, four or five or six? I think we had eight pros that were... were that, uh, that many? Yeah, we had a lot. That were yeah. all like, uh, that were all bought uh, show specials. Yeah. So a big thanks to everyone who takes half of them, that more than Half or more from our guys. Yeah, well, so, I don't know if anyone in our group really took them home, but big thanks to everybody who does that. Yeah, thank it's, you. It's really everyone. an amazing gesture to let your brand new... I mean, and I know you're saving money. But it's an amazing gesture to let your brand new game be opened and put out there to get whooped on for three days. Yeah. And whoop, you know? it does get. It does yeah, get whooped. I think most people are pretty respectful. Well, no, no, I don't mean people are beating the game. Play, it, it gets, gets, gets play. the snot played play. out. Yeah, they get yeah. probably get six, 700 plays. Easy. I know? think uh, Adam actually told me that his uh, maiden got played in the 300s. Oh, wow. Really? Which was lower than you'd think. But I guess if you think about the fact that there's like seven or eight of them. Right. Maybe it's it spreads it out. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, love, love the premium. Okay. Uh, oh, I, I want to point out the artwork again. You got to see it in person. Um, mm -hmm. Even the pro. I mean, the artwork on that, the playfield artwork, <coughs> the cabinet. The, All the games are gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. they're just absolutely it stunningly is metal beautiful as hell. artwork. Yes. It yeah. is metal as hell. The music soundtrack is off the chain. Uh, Scotty and the Vanthrax just... Absolutely unleashed a fury. Yeah, well, Scott awesome. Ian and the Metalocalypse guy. Metalocalypse guy, yeah. And yeah, you know. The, awesome. The, the music's great. The call-outs are fantastic. Yeah, Mr. Richie at his best. Well, and there's also uh, uh, Bare Naked Ladies, Ed Robertson. Yeah, yeah he's like the, the spinner skeleton. He's not uh, the nice. I know, but it's, you know, it's there's still cool. I got called a maggot a lot. That was cool. Yeah, but not yeah. by Ed Robertson. No. I, I believe Steve Ritchie. Not even as the Black Knight. He just called uh, on the phone. The upper playfield, I like. <laughs> of course, it's a Black Knight game, so it has to have an upper playfield. Or does it? Um, the lock's cool. Um, the loop's cool. But to me, it just feels like... Here's what it feels like. Black Knight 2000, just updated. That's what it feels like to me. And Which is nothing wrong with that. It's fantastic. But then I played probably at least 12, 15 games over the weekend on the Pro on the one where they had the headphones so I could hear everything. And uh, um, I'm giving the nod to the pro. Especially you're, for the... You're the high. Not high. It shoots. It's it's tight you're shots. You're high on... It's not blind. bricky. Mo, love blue. you, brother. Play better. 
Um, it, it, it can be bricky, but if you hit the shots, you know the shots. I mean, it, it's cool. The toys, the toys are cool. You know, the night toy. Um, for the price point, that's a hell of a good game for that price point. My only critique, uh, which is everybody's critique, the magnum save button doesn't work for beans in the position it's in. Uh, please, Stern, your next game, just make it without that silly button because it, it, it's overdone. Get, come up with something new. In fact, in fact, do a special limited edition or a, a vault edition two years down the road and put the damn magnus save button back where it belongs on the right side of the cabinet. Rusty? I like the pro. And what what was it that Jamie said, Dan? I have about, no idea. Um, we were talking, and it's like, uh, if you're going to, I don't know. You know, and I understand where Jamie's coming from. You're going to spend the money, spend the money. Um, uh, but uh, now the premium, and there's, and this isn't dogging on the premium in any form or fashion, but I like the clean look of the pro. I like the feel of the pro and how it plays. That's just, that's just my It's so damn fast. It. You can't even hardly keep track of the ball. It is, it is a really super game. And uh, and the shots are tight. They but like Spencer said, they are doable, but they're tight. You have to you have to kind of pay attention where stuff's coming off your flipper. So yeah, I'm I'm all pro for the pro. You just told me you would spend fifteen hundred more dollars on a Deadpool premium to get a disco ball. Because Deadpool. So what you're gonna <laughs> what you're gonna turn down is an upper deck with a lock mechanism. A loop, yeah. a target, and a third flipper. Yeah. You know, no. Rusty, I'll go give you an upper deck. I just need like five oh, bucks. I know that's <laughs> upper decker. Upper <laughs> decker, yes. Um, the pro was fine. You know, if I was spending $6,000 and I looked at all the Sterns, including Deadpool and Monsters, and I put Black Knight side by side, I wouldn't buy Black Knight Pro because the problem with it is it's half a game. Hmm. It's a bunch of lanes. It's three drop, drop targets. It's a couple up kickers and one wire form and one sweet ass night toy. Now yeah. the night toy is great, and the the burning backboard. Is that is I love yeah. that. So glad you brought like, that up. Aren't those great? That is so freaking sweet. But where you get the nuance and you get the gameplay is when you have the upper play field, and the reason that you do is because you have the stackable multi balls. You have the loops. The loops are big points. They weren't working in the first stream, so nobody thought they did anything, but they do score points, and you can combo them. Right. And you have the target to light lock. The video. It doesn't spend a lot of time up there. Yeah. It comes right back down. It's not, I mean, I'll be honest, man. I played Black, I went to this show to play Black Knight sort of right. Oh, I know you did. Like, I was going to buy one. I played it. I promptly spent my money on another game. Here's the deal. It's an awesome game. I own a Black Knight 2000. Black Knight 2000 does everything Black Knight Swords of Rage does in 1989. It doesn't have the cool software. It doesn't have the admittedly amazing display effects. Um, but at the same time, it's just like I, I've got my lock shot. I've got my upper play field. I've got my third flipper. You know, someday I'm sure I'll own a Swords yeah, of Rage. Yeah, so you got plenty but of time. But it didn't end up needing to be my first new inbox, which is what I swore it was going to be. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's cool. I like it. It gets the animations it on that, but and the, the pro is, and again the storytelling. Yeah, but the pro is garbage. The storytelling. Kendra. 
Okay, um, I'm gonna be called a blasphemer. <laughs> All day tomorrow. However, I'm sorry, Dan, the pro. You don't need to be sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry for have, disagreeing with you. You have your opinion. It's, it's an open, it's an open yeah. Nobody's going to stop you from being no. wrong. <laughs> you're, I'm not wrong. Because well, I mean, you're looking at it from the point of view of... That's subjective. Black Knight has to have an upper play. No, field. no, see, and I didn't say that. Everybody else has said that. Everybody else has said Black Knight has to have an upper play field. Right? I was saying going into this, you know something? The pro looks pretty cool. I might be happy with that. I might spend the $5,100 and get a, a show a show pro. And then when I played the pro, I was like, oh, wow, there's really not a lot to it. Like, See, that's there's how, a bunch of lanes. That's how I felt. And there's three pop bumpers and there's three rollovers. And that was the whole game. When you put that upper play field on there, you got the gameplay variety that you expect in a modern game. See, the way you feel about the pro is the way I felt about the upper play field. There's very few shots. But you, the, you've right, got... and the upper play field by itself is not a game. No, it, it's, it doesn't... It's, it's the thing that pushes that game into the good realm. See, that I, I disagree. Well, you're, yeah. And, and you're, you're allowed to it, disagree, yeah, but I'm actually... just trying to make sure that you don't misconstrue what I'm saying. No, I do and understand Because everybody's coming at me with this, like, if it doesn't have an upper play field, it's not a Black Knight game. And I'm like, dudes, I never said that. No. But that has been said to me. My wife says that. <laughs> My brother says that repeatedly. And and to be honest, if you really do want to get into the semantics and the history of the franchise, what does every Black Knight have? It's got an upper play field and it's got Magnuson. Yes. And the only reason that that happened is because there's been three games now. They've all got a variation that has those things. You can argue, and I think Brian kind of is. They also have, you know, an, all three games have, well, the premium upper loop shot. You know, right. I mean, that's just sort of the nature of the beast. But to me, it's like I'm willing to make the break because, let's be honest, every Black Knight game hasn't had a Black Knight in it, right? The game's sort of like the personification. The Black Knight talks to you from the game and all the games, but this is the first one with a knight. So it's like I, I'll break with tradition, but I won't break with the fact that the pro isn't enough game. If it was 4000 bucks, single level, great. It's not. It's a full-priced pro. That second level in the BK3K interrupts the flow of the game. Without that second level, the game flows. It all goes in one direction, up. No. Yeah. Because every shot that takes the ball to the upper level puts it on the wire form and takes it back to the flipper. It's the, if no, you want, that if you want a flow game. interrupts the flow. If you want a flow game, buy Star Trek. If you want a flow game, buy Spider-Man. None of the Black Knight games are traditionally 100% flow games because they have But now they have one. And they have locks. And, and they have things that stop the ball. Now they have one. And I think I think it's just... And maybe it's more aesthetic for me because I do... I just love how it just all... It all glides up. It's Well, that's what the pro is more of a flow game. You just missed that entire conversation, Spencer. You like, did. Don't, I had to pee, so in fairness. Don't we start. <laughs> you didn't continue the podcast while you urinated? We're all disappointed. In you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I feel like, you know. But again, you don't need to be sorry to me because I respect Rusty's opinion of liking the pro. I respect your opinion of liking the pro. I don't really respect Spencer's opinion <laughs> of anything. But 
I'm I'm secure enough with myself to allow all you guys to be wrong and not have it ruin my night. I just I feel like the upper play field really doesn't add that much to the gameplay that I want to would want to pay the extra for it. So before we can say that, we haven't seen the completed code yet either. Fair enough. So that's, that's something you always have to remember because everyone says, oh, this shot doesn't bring anything to it. This doesn't do anything to it. We haven't seen the completed code yet. So we don't know yet what they're going to do with that upper play field. Right. If anything. And back to something Spencer was saying, in the story and the theminess of it, when you're in the upper play field, you're in the Black Knight's castle. That's when you're assaulting the Black Knight's keep. That's when you're loading the catapults and you're beginning the battle. You don't get any of that in the pro. You just get five or six straight shots. I love Black Knight. I love Black Knight. Black Knight 2000, when I first saw that game in 1989, I fell in love with it. I bought it once. I sold it. I bought it again. You know, it was one of those things where it's like, it's bolted to the floor. It's not leaving my collection. Swords of Rage is a cool game. It does not defeat Black Knight 2000 for me. Uh, even with the premium edition, even with the limited edition and, and it having an upper play field, um, you know, but there's a lot of magic there and I can see why people like it. You know, the funny thing about it was, I think we talked before when Deadpool came out and I was like, oh, Deadpool's kind of, not so great. Uh, when Seth, you know, ended up passing on his Black Knight, he passed his Black Knight premium to another or pro to another collector who needed it and is picking up a Deadpool. And I said, I think you made the right choice. Yeah. Because, you know, in, in my world, uh, well, it's like, I think that the Deadpool premium at this point, or the Deadpool Pro at this point, brings so much more gameplay to the table than the Black Knight. Pro. I will agree with that. I will agree with that. If I was going to buy a Stern Pro right now, it would be Deadpool Pro. I'd buy an Iron Maiden Pro. I would. You have an Iron Maiden. I know. Pro. And I'd buy I would an buy Iron, Maiden Iron Maiden Pro every single day because yeah. it is the Dead, best playing. Style. Yeah, out of all the best out of all, shot variety, out of all the pros and premiums they've done, <coughs> that one for me just it feels the most complete. You're not missing a terrible amount of stuff if you go to the premium. You're missing the lock shot being a little bit more difficult. Uh, you're missing the underground shot, whatever the hell that's called. And the only Un thing. Underworld. The, oh, and you're missing the, the Newton ball, but the only thing I wish that the Pro had that it doesn't, but the premium and the LE does have, is the Can I Play With Madness multi-ball. That's it. And the and the lift, lifting ramp, launch ramp, yeah. See, yeah, I don't I don't really miss that. So, so I think we've covered the Black Knight saga. It's awesome. Well, I, yeah, it is Brian awesome. Brian didn't get to tell his opinion. I'm sorry. The pro's, the pro's okay, but the premium, I love. It's so much fun. I love the spinning mace, whatever the hell that thing's called, how it can reject yeah. shots. But if you can squeeze it in there, when it, when it's spinning towards you, it's it feels great. Yeah, how great is that night toy? Like, yeah. no yeah. matter what, pro, premium, limited, aside, like we can all agree that that night toy whoops large amounts of ass. Yeah, you've that's, got that's a the shield best. here. You've got the mace here, and you have the knight right in front. I yeah. love yeah. and I love the the uppy downy shield. That yeah. is yeah. so cool. They, I like it because it'll hit the ball, and the ball yeah. will kind of go flying at you. It's it's one of the most, I mean, other than like, you know, your raptor kicks, uh, stuff like that, it's one of the most openly antagonistic pinball machines. Oh, like, yeah. it's trying to kick the ball through the cabinet and put it into your gut. Yeah, it's, it's trying yeah. to, it's it's there what it's yeah. pinballs are to do. Take your money. And that's that's excellent, you know, super, super yeah. well done. It's, it's there to take your money and screw up your game, and it's great. And great, uh, 
great, great animations. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's easily their best video package yet. Oh, yeah. I, yes. I yeah. wish that they would go back and, and redraw some other games that kind of still sort of have generic e-fonts and stuff like that. It's all super drawn, you know, with the Black Knight e-fonts. It's all, you know, super well animated. The monsters are really cool and imaginative. The knight's super imposing. The tilt animation where he bitch slaps you is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, when you get a ball lock and you have the knights, you know, they step up into their thing and yeah. the sword. Yeah. I'm sure everybody in Radio Land saw that one. Yeah. Uh, but they put down the sword and they're holding the pommel with the blade into the ground. And it's just so... It, it, it's so cool to watch it just yeah, happen. Yeah. And I agree with Dan. The animation just keeps getting better. And you can see the same thing when D&Ds came out. Like, right. I had a Gilligan's. Were the animations good? No. Hell no. Yeah. But it's the first, it's your first, it's your first out of the gate. Yeah. You know, and you can see the improvements even go back to like what? Aerosmith. They go like the, can't see me here, but they just kind of go back and forth. That's yeah. it. And it's now Christmas. You, yeah. And now you have the Black Knight with the awesome ball lock. You got Deadpool now with the fighting and the turkey. You got the Iron Maiden when they're running through the forest. Every game gets better. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's just, mm-hmm. I would love like Dan says, I'd love to have him go back and do it. They're not going to, but it's always interesting to see what the next one's going to be because it's invariably going to be better than the one before. And we did touch on it a little bit, but I do like the fact that this game has a lot of nods to Black Knight history. Oh, yes. yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's got the retro mode, but on Where top you of that. the coins and the the Black Knight's taken from you over the years? I think that was just something that uh, Tim Sexton said in an interview that he just wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah, you're just getting the money back. But Uh, he, uh, you know, like in Black Knight 2000, there was a multi-ball called Double Knight's Challenge. In this game, you have Triple Knight's Challenge. uh, And you have the the classic mode where the back glass comes up and it it has a little retro-style display. You know, it, it has a lot of little touches that, you know, it's got the lightning bolts and the, the, uh, the, oh God, I can't remember what they call the, the, the Knight's Wheel. The Lightning Bolt. Yeah, the Knight's Wheel. Yeah. Well, you know, tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, it's got, it's got all that stuff. Give so. a shout out to Vallejo Vinyl in Vallejo, California. Has a whole buttload of really awesome pinball machines. Met the owner. His name eludes me, but he was Mike. A super cool he was, guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Mike. Really, I believe it was Mike and really nice guy. Yes. Yeah. And uh, shout out to them. They're doing a Triple Knights Challenge tournament tomorrow where they're going to have all three Black Knight games. And our well, boy, our boy Alex Knight, will be on site. Yes. Original Black Knight, BK2K, and Swords of Rage, or Sword of Rage. That's really cool. That is really cool. So, um, you know, check that out if you're going to be in Vallejo or in the neighborhood tomorrow. I think it starts at 1. I'll get the podcast up tonight so people be able to hear about it, you know, 3 a.m. Yeah, night, night. night uh, okay. i got to get two hours of sleep so I can drive to Vallejo and play those games. Does anybody else feel that they missed a huge opportunity by not calling it Black Knight Swords of Fury and having it cross over with Swords of Fury and Lion Man? Maybe. <laughs> that no. would have been amazing. You could. They could always add that to the code later. Someone boo this man. Boo! <laughs> boo! Huzzah. Why do people always bring rotten vegetables to a podcast? Right. They were on sale. Um, okay, before we close out and finish this, yeah. I want to pose a question. Mm-hmm. Well, but if you pose a question, we're not closing out. We're going to start talking again. Does, with the games we've played, the new games that have come out that we've had time to, a chance, really, to play, does this change your, if I had all the money in the world and could have any game I wanted, does this change your top pick? Are you talking in terms of all the new games we've discussed tonight so far? 
Well, no, just in general. All in like, getting to play oh, the newer oh, games. Oh, 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 Does this change That's a good your dream game oh. of all games? No, no. No, no, no. I still want no. a sorcerer. Alien. And, and, and a low so we can get you one of those. <laughs> yeah. Kendra, it, it, the thing is, you know, there's so many games out there, and a lot of us here have been playing since we were kids. Right. And <laughs> you have that really, really hard idea of nostalgia to get over. You know, my if I had a dream game that I could get, it would be a Midway ABC Bowler. Because that's what I remember playing when I was a little kid in my grandma's basement. And I would take one of those over any pinball machine in a heartbeat. Just because I, you have that nostalgia tied into it. You know, it's right. the same reason I got a funhouse that I'll never get rid of. Like, I, when I die, that game's going to be burned. Like, sorry. No we'll, bury, well, we'll burn you no, and no, no. bury you in it. Yeah, and we'll put it in the forest and we'll have a tree grow out of it. There awesome. we go. Yeah. But you know, you early, early, by the way, I'm making off with that game. Just seriously. So you but you, yeah, it's you, gonna be a fight. <laughs> it's gonna be a fight getting to his house. But you you have that you have that factor to get over. I'm like, Spencer, favorite game ever? Surf Champ. Surf Champ. And yeah. that's you have that nostalgia yeah. factor tied into, which is really hard to conquer. Now with people who just started playing now, you know, maybe within the past couple of years and they don't have those memories or experiences, I bet it does change. Because you don't, their nostalgia maybe is tied into. Oh, I remember playing like Twenty Four or Simpsons when I was younger, and they're you know maybe they're in their mid twenties now or something like that. And their young games I remember playing were the games that Stern produced when they were you know Lord of the Rings, Simpsons, and that was all you could find. I can see Wonka or Oktoberfest being a dream machine that yeah. somebody has to have more than any other pinball machine. And maybe they don't have the nostalgia, you know, throwback feelings that some of us have. But, I mean, you know, with these new games, yeah, there was nothing, you know, that, that really got me so excited that it, it's, you know, wow, man, I should probably just sell Twilight Zone and buy one of these. And I'll admit, you know, in the lead up to Black Knight, I was really hyping hard. Part of me was like, you That's know what? Statement. I could probably get three, 4000 bucks for Black Knight 2000 right now. And you know, make a decision, and I would hit you, you know, over the head real hard. I I don't think any of us would allow that, Dan. I pretty much, yeah, decided. Well, you know, I think I would really regret it too much if I got rid of it. Yeah, uh, and so I didn't. But you yeah, see, you know, for it, me, you can get caught in that kind of weird yeah. like cycle. Yeah, because okay, for me, I have nostalgia from playing games as a kid. Yeah, you know, but above and beyond that. If I had all the money and all the time and all the knowledge, my game would still be Alien. Oh, yeah. We didn't have one of those this year, did we? No. no. Which, it's, the rumor mill is flowing fast on Pinside that that game's going to get remade very soon. You mean made? Or made. Well, no. Well, it, made, it, yeah, it did you know. get produced. They did make Alien. A few. They didn't make a lot of them, but mm. it, it did. There are production models. I wouldn't consider it a remake, though, unless Speaking it only got drastically changed. Did anybody play Lebowski this year? Amazing. It was broken. Uh, Rustin, I got a game on it. Yeah. You know what? I didn't play Lebowski, and I was standing right by it for a lot of the show because it was over by my games. So while we were playing it, somebody left, like, uh, the Tron LE next to it. Uh, shout out to Kerry Carmichael of... Uh, of uh, Carmichael. Carmichael. Oh, man. Let's go ahead and talk about the Monterey Pinball Crew. How oh, great God. are those, those guys? Dudes. Are just bitching. Those They're guys. And how freaking hardcore There's are they? Our R. There was two F's now. Okay. Our R. Oh, yeah. Yeah. so hardcore that they left the show campground Monday morning 
immediately went home, set up their games, and had league night. Immediately. Those guys, like they, they brought a ton of great games. They brought a ton of great drinks, which reminds me, I have a liquid death for you at the house. I have one. Um, Will it really kill me? It's just water. <laughs> it's water. But it's water with a really fucked up commercial. Is it for Flint, um, Michigan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! <laughs> but uh, those guys were just absolute beasts. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was really good to have them come out in force at the show. I mean, they come in force every year, but this right. year... They really brought it. They brought it. They showed up this year. They showed up. So I was playing the Tron. Because, and and you guys know, I've never. But I was playing Tron, so (laughs) shut the hell up. The thing about Star Wars, no. He's like, I'm the host, so suck. No, 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 no. Finish your thought. It's over now. Okay. (laughs) So I'm playing Tron while Rusty's playing her ball. And for the first time ever, I actually really enjoyed playing that game. Yeah. Tron is. I've never been a fan. Tron's a great game. It carries the setup perfectly. Yeah, the Tron is a ridiculously overpriced great game. Yes. Like, man, I wish those games sold for, like, normal 2010 well, pro prices. Well, yeah, the, the pro goes for, like, what, low? eight grand now? It's Something like, like that, they're yeah. They're down to the sevens. Like, they're sliding down because the re- the vault threat's always there. But, I mean, well, they like, used to like ten. if those games were, like, you know, $3,000, $4,000, I could have one. But, man... Just they're so expensive, but the soundtrack is so great. And I know for uh, some of the '80s kids like me and Brian, the Tron theme is just kind of unbeatable. Yeah, I, I love the Tron. I love Tron. Like that's all there is to it. I love it. Oh, and before we go anywhere, it's because since we're kind of moving off, you know, all topics, Excalibur. I had never seen this before. Yeah, and there was two. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really nifty game. And again, more one-on-one time with it. I thought it was really neat. Uh, I got to play a Bad Cats. Meow. That was that was incredibly fun. Bad Cats is a good good old System 11 game. And uh, and one I really wanted to love because I, I'm, I'm the queen of toys. I love toys. The more toys you stick on a machine, the happier I am. And it was Surf and Safari. <laughs> and here I am plunging the ball. And it's like, where the hell did my ball go? Because it's buried <laughs> under yeah. all the the toys in the ramp. Well, plunge gently, the game tells me. And it's like, that's always been like, what? That's, Surf and Safari has always been like a pretty hot Gottlieb. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember, you know, Steve Faith, you know, he was pulling one out a long time. I think it was Steve Faith and the guy... So old Pentagogo, and the guy was trying to buy it before he was even like in the show. It's always been one of those hot yeah, Gottliebs for that some one reason or another. And, um, 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 Stargate's always Frank, been one. Stargate and um, Frank Thomas Big Hurt, which I absolutely love that game. That's got great flow. It's got fun shots. That should have been a wide body. Yeah, could have been. Uh, it's got a great skill shot. Yeah, it um, does. You know, I did really good on that one last year. Yes, you did. Um, yeah, well, which brings us to the topic uh, of favorite classic game you played at the show. No, look, I'm there. You're there. I, I got there already. Oh, man. There. Nip uh, It. Classic. I didn't get to play Nip It. I, I, play, was gonna... I love Nip It. I have great memories of playing that with uh, Al Garber and his son at Pinagogo. Yeah. And we were on that game at that show for at least an hour. And it's one of my, you know, beyond the happy days crap, I don't care about that. It's just a fun Fun EM, and it's got the Gator Grabber. Yeah. It's like one of the it's Valley Gator. Yeah, I think it's one of the first games that had a toy. You know, and it's player control. 
and it's just it's just fun. I actually uh, I actually got really introduced to it during the tournament, and that was Mars God of War. That's a good game too. Yeah. And because the way the computer set it up, uh, myself and another player, Amanda, who was doing real good, Amanda, you, where'd you go? Anyway, so <laughs> we, we, love were, you, we, we uh, ended up, the computer doubled us back to it. So we played Mar Mars God of War, which is a real good, nice icebreaker there. But then we got to double right back to it. So then, so Amanda and I had both played, but our our two, our, our other two um, competitors had not. I had so played we it were, earlier. We were kind of. It had been. It was my first game, and then my last game. Ah, see the the whole double back thing, and that one. Um, I I have uh, my thing is flippers. I catch balls. I you know, catch balls, find find holes, put balls in holes. It's very Deadpool. <laughs> And, uh, but with this, that. but with, uh, but with Mars God of War, you can't catch it. If you catch the ball, it will roll right off the back of your flipper yep. and, and drain. And then you're, you're minus a ball. So I, so I'm sitting there playing going balls and holes, batter up, batter up, balls and holes, batter up. So when the ball comes she flying, I whack that bad boy just for all I'm worth. But yeah, uh, that, so that was probably my favorite classic. As far as real classic games go, was Mars God of War. There's so many, you know, for me, and it's hard. It's like it's literally pinball overload. Uh, Pacific Pinball Museum brought uh, a Valley Kiss, and when I was in junior high, I get out of junior high, and I'd walk down the road up to the main street of town, down the street for about a half a mile to my dad's bookstore, and just in the other end of the strip mall before i'd actually hit my dad's bookstore there was a rico's pizza and they always had three or four video games five or six video games whatever but at that time they had the two hot tiles well they had they had a space invaders because it's 1978 and they had a kiss pinball and sometimes i'd play space invaders but usually <laughs> i'd play kiss pinball i'd play one or two i'd always have a quarter 50 cents in my pocket and i would play one or two games every day before going to my dad's store the game was in good shape the play field, you know, it had a little tiny bit of planking, but I mean, overall, a good original condition. It played great. I played a couple of games on it and had a blast. Like we're talking about with the nostalgia for just a few minutes, it brought me back to 1978. It was great. So. I didn't play many classics this year. Uh, probably my favorite one that I played was Your Surf Jam. And my favorite kind of mid-classic was probably My Shadow. <laughs> and, I would, and I would like to thank the five people besides me who all bothered to bring Doctor Who. <laughs> hey, yeah, but one of those guys get Doctor Who didn't work the entire show. Mine. I don't know. I haven't. Oh, yours is still soldiered up. Uh, we, yeah. we, I know it's still soldiered up because all the hardware for it's inside of uh, uh, Whitewater. But uh, no, uh, yeah, I didn't play a lot of older stuff. I, I put a game or two on, on your uh, Black Rose. Uh, I put uh, I put a game on my shadow, uh, and uh, just to kind of test out some stuff that I had to adjust during the show. And uh, besides that, I was mostly playing Black Knight, Swords of Rage, and uh, the hot new stuff. So weird, weird for me. But I did spend some time in the EM room because honestly enough, if you go to this show, if you go to any show, and I, I know that the hot thing is always DMDs, and everybody would always be into '90s Valley Williams and 
the new stuff by Stern and the LCD games, make sure that you break away and you go to the EM section. Absolutely. And you play some EMs because, first of all, you know, it'll show you the evolution to what you're playing now. But second of all, it will show you why faster is not always better. It will show you why louder is not always better. Always, and and yeah. the amazement of just how great a room full of chimes going at the same time. Can it's magical. Sound, and how almost relaxing it is it when is. you go away from the dull roar of like 50, 80, 100, 200 machines what all dull? wailing at the same time to, you know, just the beautiful you know, symphony of, of chimes and mechanisms. Yeah. You know, when you start a game, it's a, you know, you're, you dunk, know, dunk, you're yeah. a good time. Yeah. And the other, the other thing is with those EM games, they're not easy. They no. are incredibly no, yeah, you difficult. You're not going to step up to a lot of those games, especially like, you know, for me, I think where I lose EMs is I lose EMs when they have the mini flippers. Like I need a full size flipper. I love the mini flippers, but, that, those games are hard because once but, that ball drains, yeah, you reset. Like, oh, I was right. halfway to getting a special. TS, let's try again. Yeah, like there's no. It's not like the new games where you have virtue locks or any other that stuff that comes. You know, it's yeah. it's raw and it's visceral, and it'll knock you down a peg or two if you think you're a complete ultra pinball badass. Oh, yeah, when yeah. you're going to step up to like a Gottlieb World Fair and score. 50 points. It's, it's an equalizer. But yeah. I will say, again, I'll, I'll put the stamp of approval on it. My favorite classic game this year, Surf Champ. Wow, awesome. Because I own it, but it, no, <laughs> it is a fantastic game. I always play Brad's Star Jet, because that's just a fantastic game, and it's got multi-ball. Um, you know, if you, it has two uh, saucers, you lock the balls in, you hit the right targets, do multi-ball. I played, was it State Fair? Gottlieb's World Fair? World Fair. I played World Fair. Yeah, right next to his... Uh, uh... I, play, I played quite... I played... Was it a Bronco or Mustang? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was there. And, uh, yeah, I love that. One that wasn't there, Steve Faith owns, or did own. Jungle Queen, right? Jungle Queen. Well, Jungle Queen, and the other one is uh, Sheriff, or Lawman. I didn't see Lawman's that. a fun game. I, I love that game. Yeah, I love that's that a good game. game. Um, I played... Uh, I did play... Uh, Spanish Eyes, because why can't play it whenever I want? Oh, how do you not play Spanish Eyes? I know. Eyes? When it's I, broken. I play, I, I play, In fact, I, to be honest, I, I put a game or two I played Al Fireball, because I always do. You got it. I uh, played Heat Wave, because that's just a phenomenal game. I played a couple others. You know, I spent quite a Little bit of time. Little Green Men. Little Green Men. Brad's Little Green Men. Yeah, Man. that's a fun I one. I did not play that this year, but that's because I can go to Brad's and play it whenever I You know what I forgot to do? I forgot to go to the, the flea market and look for a back door. I did not go to the flea market either this year. I, got I guess too Ad, Adam, Adam was a little mad. He missed about the Devil's Dare backlash. Yeah. If, if yeah. any of our many, many dozens upon dozens of listeners happens to have a backdoor for a Spanish eyes, or that will fit a Spanish eyes, email Spencer. <laughs> I, I need one real bad. lit at gmail.com. Or we can just take the measurements. I know a guy with a metal shop. We can have one made. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, there you go. We can just take them to the head. Well, we have no trip report tonight, uh, but would we stop Kendra, favorite classic? Probably the only one I really got to play was Mars God of War in the tournament because I, I just, I was running. Yeah. Every time I turned around, I, I was running somewhere else. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, and you know, we love you for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, we do. 
you get caught into overly volunteering. I know I did this year, and yeah. just, it was a lot of foot time and not a lot of pinball time. But and like every at the very time, least, we could we could rest easy knowing that we made the show work. Yeah, like every time I walked into the back room, Henry's over at the tech desk by himself. I'm like, Henry, go take a break. Oh no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'd sit down, and within two minutes, do you he, mind covering he, the floor? Run off. That happened to me like a dozen times. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Henry, that's why I'm here, yeah, bro. That's why I came over, Henry. You every I, time I come by the back. Way, here. I want to throw a huge prop out to Henry, yeah. who bought my Ghostbusters this week, uh, which I sold so that I could buy Indiana Jones uh, from a local collector, Gary, who cut me a, a supreme deal on it. But here's and the Gary deal. helped out load out and didn't even or load. Gary in. was a gangster. Didn't even come to the show and helped load show. the he truck. Had to work, he had to work all weekend yeah. and he loaded games to the truck. Bless but his heart. The story for how that happened was I found out through the grapevine, probably through Spencer, that Gary had not sold his Indiana Jones. I decided not to buy Black Knight. That that had to be mine. You know. Dude, you've been chasing that that Indiana Jones Henry since I've came, known you. Henry came through <clears> with a supremely quick sale. Uh, bought that game from me so I could go buy it and just like that dude is just a pinball hero, you know. And India, uh, I'm sure that my Ghostbusters went to a really good home. I only had it for three months, <laughs> so super super cool thing for Henry to do and for Michelle to tell Henry it was okay to buy it. Right. And uh, but yeah, that dude, that dude is the kind of guy who the show is built on the back of. Like, oh, yeah. absolutely, he's at that desk a lot of hours. He's, he's watching, he's, you know, when you're at the tech desk, it seems like weird because you're back at the corner and you're sort of away from a lot of stuff, but a lot of things are running through you mm-hmm. and, you know, what your ultimate responsibility ends up being is that number one, the games are here and right. number two, the games are running. Yeah. And yeah. at the end of the day, code setup is that was smoking genius cool idea. when people would use it. Yes. You know, trust me, we were doing a lot of handwritten notes and a lot yeah. of people walking up saying, this game's broken. It's like, well, we got four of those. Which one? Um, yeah, and a lot of getting up and, yeah, and, a lot and, of getting up and running over. And and I put the wrong label on my games. I had them <laughs> I, I noticed that for you. Um, <laughs> you did. I didn't notice. It was one of those things where it was just like, that dude runs that tech desk probably 60% of the time for At the least. whole show. Yeah. So big, yeah. big ups to, to Henry Nanjo for everything that he does to, uh, to make that show work. So we got any more shout outs and thank yous, folks, because that's where we're at. And we're at two hours and one minute. Actually, I have one, okay. and it has nothing to do with the show or anything. I just found out about it, and I haven't done anything with it yet. But some hero out there in the pinball community redid the rules for Roadshow, so it's not <laughs> linear anymore. Really? Yeah. Wow. I am so stoked. I hate roadshow because you always start in new york or miami and somebody updated the code where it's a random start neato and i can't wait to get it so i can slap into my dad's roadshow and see if it makes me fall in love with the game again. you know what we could that's do a great game otherwise yeah we could set up that computer that Greg gave us like two years ago with i the, have no internet access with the rom burner you don't need internet I'll, I'll download the roms we just need to set up the computer i gotta find all of them. so uh, we'll talk about that after the but show. But here's the thing. We don't have to do that because Cheddar will bring the There you go. Whoever, whoever came up with that, thank you. Um, just thank you. Yeah. Out of all the games that could have used a code update, that's probably number one. Because that really is like the kitchen sink game. It has everything. But that stupid Miami, New York start. Just they made some it. very questionable coding decisions on that game back in the day. I remember watching a special about like the – 
like the announcement thing that they did. Like, uh, I don't know. The, the video. Promo, the promo video. Yeah. And they were talking about how that game was designed to get you to continue. Right. Like, oh, it sure more, is. To put more quarters in. So, yeah. The fact that somebody would fix that game to give us a little bit better rule set is amazing. Awesome. Oh, and of course, anybody who volunteered brought games, helped out, brought food, gave me a beer, whatever. Anybody puts time and effort in the show, thank you. Yes, you know, thank it was you. it was great. I wish I could do more. Everybody makes that show work. And I'm sorry for my white water being broken the entire show. We tried. Everybody <laughs> tried. Well, we'll have it up and running for next year. <laughs> it's, it's worked flawless since I've had I know, it. I know. The show, Last time like, I was over at your house, played it. Played perfect. It, it's not been a problem since I bought it. The only problem was when Dan broke the the translate glass. Yeah, that was, that's not even close to the only problem. That's the only problem that I know. That I can't say that's true. It's been bulletproof. They went to the show and it's just like, ha, 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 ha. you think your game works? Yeah. F you, pal. You know what's funny is you know kind of getting back into the show, but. Uh, my games both pulled just over 400 plays. I brought a Doctor Who and I brought a uh, Shadow. And both worked pretty faultlessly the whole time. Shadow was getting pretty tired towards the end. I remember. The mini play field was getting stuttery. The Sanctum Wall was getting stuttery. And so I, I went and I made, some, uh, I made some adjustments. I disabled a couple features so it would keep playing fine. Got it home, plugged everything back in today. Works like a top. Um, Probably heat you know, and stuff. You like got that. it right. You got to consider that even with what we do to the games now, with you know the LED jobs to keep heat down, just those games absorb, you know, two hundred plays a day. Where, where's a game and in this day and age going to get two hundred plays in a day? It's going to be a know? show. That's all it is now. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So I if, mean, if you brought a game, you know, with the best of intentions, and it decided that it didn't want to work the whole weekend. You know, that's just, that's God just, anyway. that's pinball. Nobody, yeah. nobody hates you. You know, you bothered to strap that thing together, soldier it up, let somebody throw it in a truck and, and schlep it, you know, in the to, rain, sle- yeah, in the rain this year to another city. You know, that's, that's a hell of a show of faith with a game that's worth five, you know, $4,000, $5,000, you know? So yeah, you know, don't, don't feel yeah. bad about that at all. Big props to Brian for bringing the games. Yeah. You know, everyone, everybody, everybody. Yeah. Ladies, you got any shout outs? Thank yous? Mine's kind of funny, but. Do it. Our random homeless dude. dude. Yeah, the homeless guy. Random homeless guy. Tell the story. The pinball hobo, the real hero. Yeah, share the story. Our pinball hobo who was walking up and down Cherokee, I guess, telling people, hey, you know they're having a pinball show there today, right? So, so I was. I, I think people actually come in and go. A homeless guy told yeah. me that. Yes, yes, that's classic. So the story has come around, and now there is talk about you know if that dude's out there doing that next year, we need to get him a bra and a t-shirt. I will verify because we were hanging out with Kendra while she was uh, doing an entrance poll. How did you hear about us? <laughs> that people legitimately. Said, I heard about dude. you guys from a homeless guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is epic. Pinball hobo. Wow. You're the real hero. hero. You know what? We, <laughs> we got, if, we, if, we, right, if we can find that guy next year, get him a shirt. And a bra. And a bra. Yeah, <laughs> we, need to give that bra. Guy, we need to give that guy every last year, or those guys, every last year's shirt. Like I said, it's both charity and advertising. Yes. There you go. So, And that's a win-win. Rusty, you got anything? Um... A shout out to the Golden State um, Committee 
NCPA? The board. Yeah, the Northern California Pinball Association. The board, yes. Yeah, those those guys tirelessly, you know, strive. Uh, Monday morning, there's everybody breaking down, cleaning up. Uh, you know, even even grumpy old Brad. Love you, Brad. Uh, just let's put it all back together so we can, you know, put it away for a year to bring it back out again. Um, they just, uh, they, they were just, uh, and on top of everything all the time. So a, a big shout out to, to them on the, on the board and to the volunteers and everybody who just gave so much, um, and, and the, and the owners of the pinball machines who, boy, you know, when those, you know, those trucks come pulling up at, you know, 11 o'clock at night, at 3 o'clock in the morning, and they're there to dump off games, and they're uh, just, they're tired, and they're stressing, and they're just like, I don't want to lift yet another 300-pound pinball machine. I feel for, I feel for everyone, every one of the loaders and unloaders, and just, just the, but without all these people working together in concert, we, we, we couldn't do this. Not at all. Yeah. When we're showing up to drop off your games at 11, 12 at night, and we're so punchy that we're floating <laughs> freaking Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles, the whole drive back to Lodi with the empty truck. And I'd like yeah. to thank, and i also like to thank everybody who told Spencer he could not drive the big truck. And, you know, so. They were all Prius owners, I told Yeah, yeah that, that's all it was. You know, trash one Prius. He's 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 aiming for him now. Well, hey, and I want to throw a shout out to Spencer, who is definitely the hardest working son of a bitch, who got involved, is not a board member, but probably should be. He is all mm -hmm. over this show. It is covered with his DNA. It is sticky with his <laughs> DNA. But that's my job. Everywhere he got everywhere that I look. Spencer was there. There's been so much information I didn't need to hear tonight. <laughs> you know, huge props to you, boss. Thank you. For Thank everything. You, you know what, man? You, you were legitimately doing so many jobs. I was blown away. You know, so. I'm multitask, well. Humongous props to you. And again, it wasn't all the glamorous, like, people are going to see you stuff either like there are any glamorous jobs in this. But, like, you know, packing games in packing games out, setting up, breaking down. Every time that I looked, I needed a wrench. Spencer was holding one out. I'm, you know, back behind the tech desk. Spencer's walking by, asking me what's going on, asking me if things are good. Got to run. Got to host the dinner. Okay, going to come outside. You need a brat. Got to get back into the show. We're not done yet. You know, good, you know, good man. Thank you. Tremendous, tremendous job. And even the rest of the year, you're keeping us up to date on what's coming, when it's coming, how many days. Yeah, speaking you know. of, how many days? Uh, 357. Spear, spearheading our pin side presence, which, you know, it's about time to make the 20. Kill the 19 thread and start the 20 thread. Oh, I started um, the 20 thread halfway through Sunday because I knew once the show okay. ended, there'd be no time. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, tre <laughs> tremendous, tremendous output from you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. It's a shame your podcast kind of sucks. Yeah, it kind of does. But, you know, maybe you had better people. You know, I hear this guy Dan's kind of a. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I way shout better out, shout out, shout out to Joe Abate who sought me out at the end of the show because I wouldn't really have seen him or talked to him, and uh, 
said, you know, I've asked, been asked to do a couple, three other shows. I said, no, because you asked me first a year ago at the show. So uh, in the next week or so, I'm going to reach out to him. We'll get something set up when he has time. And Joe will be on. And the, show. the first question I asked him was, how do you actually say your goddamn name? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> he's a right. He's a right. Just dude. Which I'm gonna get to. Gonna get to all my shout outs. So we did the. Oh God. We did the practical Steve Frizzle shout out. So I have that written down. I have a cue card for this part. Everything else. Nine of them. Nine of them. Yes. <laughs> um, the NorCal Pinball Association members who are the organizers and the board for the show, uh, and that's Brad Grant, Chris Bannister, Eric Neff, Steve Faith, Greg Ong, and Michael Hosier. Andrea Songineff and Girl Scout Troop 130 of Lodi for serving the dinner and uh, just amazing food. And uh, congrats again to the pinball pirate, Chris Koontz. And shout out to uh, uh, his two helpers, uh, Kyle Spiteri and Jenny, whose last name I don't know, but you rock. And watch, uh, watch your hot dog around Cheddar because bad things happen. If you don't know about that, Cheddar was showing a video of the storm damage. Uh, and he dropped his, he started dropping his phone, he tried to catch it, and knocked a big hot dog right out of her hands, and it went everywhere all over her. And she was a great sport about it. God bless you. Um, but you guys are awesome and such great assets to the community of the show. And thank you for all you do. Kyle was like like that. He was everywhere. He was wrenching on games the whole weekend and keeping them working. And and Jenny was like just such a good ambassador and, and setting up all of Chris's games. Unboxing, Unboxing all of yes. those games. And setting them up, making sure they're staying working, wrenching out some of the older games. Um, to all the vendors, Rob Anthony, Pinball Pirate, The Flipper Room, Marco Specialties, Dirty Donnie, Multimorphic, Measle Mods, uh, Don Hiley, Scorebill, Pacific Pinball Museum, Jersey Jack Pinball, The Retro, Metal Mods, Virtual Home uh, Arcades, uh, Iron Transfer, R&T Amusements, and Pinball Collectors Resource. Um, thank you guys so much for always being there and supporting the show and supporting the hobby. Um, and then the sponsors of the show. Uh, Den Hart's uh, International Farms. Did I say that right? I can't read my own writing, folks. Um, 104.1 The Hawk, um, Sacramento Coin Op, All Pure Water, who provided us with wonderful pure drinking water all weekend. Thank you, folks. Oh, yeah. That was great. Um, uh, Clute Oil, uh, JJ and Game Exchange of Colorado, Marco Specialties, Her Life Magazine, Pacific Coast Producers, uh, Capital Public Radio. Um, to the guys there stayed and played pinball, some of the Hawk radio guys. Um, Rob Anthony again, Measle Mods again, Pacific Pinball Museum, and West Coast Graphics. To all the route ops, um, and I, I only know a few of you by name, but Joe Abate, uh, Steve Borrell, who operates games in the Sacramento area and up on the 101 corridor. Fanny Ann's. Uh, Fanny Ann's in Sacramento. Steve, uh, just like Joe, keeps his games in pristine condition. They're, they're better than some home collections. Um, go out and spend money with these elves. And then Lauren, whose last name I got from Alex, but I can't find it right now, uh, who operates games in the Davis, Vacaville area as well. And Greg Seach, who's... And Greg Creech, thank yeah. you. Thank you, Greg Creech, who operates games. Uh, all these guys work really hard to put games on location. They keep them in really immaculate shape. 
And so uh, make sure and, and support your local route off and play pinball on location. Uh, also, a shout out to uh, two wonderful people that I didn't mention on the last podcast when I was talking about me and beating uh, the Reaper a few years ago. Not cancer, but an illness. Um, uh, my lovely wife, Marianne Rusty, and our good friend, Chris Bannister, who both beat cancer a couple years ago. So, um, you know, just kind of a quick shout out. To them. And there's like a hundred more that I probably have. But I mean, I, my mind's still just racing from all the awesomeness that is and was and always will be the Golden State Pinball Festival. I was going to do show shout outs for other shows coming up. Pacific Northwest show coming up to the end of the month, beginning of June. And I know there's a couple other shows. Tacoma, Washington. Yeah, Tacoma, Washington. You know what? Go online, check out, look for pinball shows in your area. Because um, we're at like two hours and 15 minutes. And um, go on pinballmap.com and see where you can play cool pinball machines in your area. So support your local show. Support location pinballs. Anybody have anything else before we close that? Cal Extreme's coming up real soon. California Extreme's coming up real soon. Yeah. California Extreme, more new games coming. Everybody get hype. So uh I know there's somebody I missed. And if I missed you tonight, I'm I'm sorry. I'll get you on the next episode. You're forgetting this show is brought to you by the letter P. The letter P, yes, and the number twelve. Number twelve. There we go. Three that works. This has been episode twenty-three of the Spinner is Lit Pinball Podcast. You guys know it. Say it with me. Play pinball. Keep Keep America America strong. strong.